0: Hi, I'm Emily Dixon, I'm this month's host of The Commentarians, and I'm here with Doug Overmeyer, and we are here to talk over your movie.
1: Uh, Hi everyone,
2: welcome to The Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion?
0: Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. (laughs) I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene
2: in the entire movie stop listening right now and go watch
1: firefly hey this is my podcast i'm sorry sorry joe
0: <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded we survive and there's a god who heals of these wounds
1: jesus isn't about the
0: isms uh he's about his kingdom yeah. because it is
2: kind of like this idea that jesus died for all of our sins except when you had sex and jesus doesn't cover that
0: So, hey, Doug, we are so happy to have you on this month's uh, episode of The Commentarians. How excited are you?
2: I am thrilled to be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, after all the fighting we've had to do to actually make this happen, uh, this has been the craziest month as far as trying to get anything done for, for the show. So uh, I know most of our listeners are kind of familiar with who you are, uh, if they've been listening along for a while. But as I said on the preview, I, I'm kind of throwing you under the bus because you're the one who picked this movie. <laughs> and so instead of telling me about you tell me a little bit about why you decided this was the right movie for us to watch this month
2: I I don't even like horror movies to be honest. I think I said that last year for the frighteners I, <laughs> I don't I, I used to watch them all the time and um, I think I describe in, in my book peace in your house that In, in my family, it was, it was opening a portal to spiritual attack and that my daughter was picking up on She's extremely sensitive in the spirit realm and so I don't know. I think last year we were doing the Frighteners, and um, I had a funny story that I wanted to mention, and but it was related to the Exorcist movie once when I was watching it, and and then I just thought, man, that's a that's maybe we should do that movie. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought this would be an interesting movie because it's it's a, it's so well done. and There's so many interesting dynamics um, that uh, the characters try to go through. And, and yes, it's, it's awful. It it is.
0: It's a controversial movie. And I I think one of the things I want to clarify before we get too deep into anything is you and I both believe in demons. We believe in fallen angels. We believe in angels that have remained loyal to God. Uh, so Mm -hmm. for us, spiritual warfare is a real thing. It's not something that we're just looking at on a screen. And I also want to ask listeners, if you feel any kind of discomfort or kind of hesitation in listening to this episode, turn us off. Don't don't feel like you've got to stay with us because a lot of Christians will not watch this film for very good reasons. And so we don't want anyone to feel pressured or like they need to join us for this episode if it's going to cause you any kind of problems. So err on the side of caution with this (laughs) because... We've we've experienced some interesting things even trying to get this episode recorded, and there is spiritual warfare about talking about these things. So,
2: yeah, yeah, there is. It's that's for sure. Like I said, I, we don't watch horror movies um, in our family, and my daughter wanted to watch something, and then she knew I, we were doing this episode, and she oh well, let's watch The Exorcist. I'm like, are you sure? Like I, and then she's like, no, I don't think so. I'm like no, I don't think so either. <laughs> you know, because she uh if you struggle with the spirit of fear don't watch horror movies absolutely i mean it's 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 and we'll come back to this theme a lot i think that um, we love our god with all of our mind mm-hmm. and that means guarding our thoughts guarding what we watch guarding what we think about absolutely and this movie does have some interesting worldview uh issues that I think are worth discussing.
0: Absolutely. Well, why don't we go ahead and jump into the movie? Cause we've got two hours of talking to do, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that we talk the entire time. Like we've ever had an issue with that when we've talked. Uh, so <laughs> uh, if you're new to commentarians, what we're going to do is we're going to do a countdown and hit play. So if you want to watch the movie along with us, you can do that or you can just listen. So when I get, do the countdown three, two, one, and then play. So here we go. three, two, one play okay so my movie's playing
2: <laughs> yeah there it goes got, got music. <laughs> yeah, i got the captioning made possible by okay i'm going to turn my volume <laughs> off so it doesn't bleed into the into the microphone i had
0: to do the same so. thing because again this has just been a crazy uh crazy time to try to get this podcast done uh just You know, that's one of the things with spiritual warfare that I think we have to guard against is reaching too far, far into reading things into stuff, trying to figure out what, Mm -hmm. you know, attributing spiritual causes to natural occurrences. And when I started researching this, I actually started finding flies in every cup of freaking coffee I I poured, and I'm like, is this coincidence or is this spiritual warfare? And so I know, right? Yeah. And, and I still don't have a good answer because i had not had that problem all, um, you know, for since when? And then it was every day, several times a day for the first few days, and. But, you know, sometimes that can be just, you know, a good reminder. I think if you have doubts, you just pray about it and you ask God to guard you and protect you. It's not something that should instill fear. And I actually kind of took it as a well, sign. This is, we're on to something.
2: Yeah, I think I think if we think more like first century Jews and Christians did about spiritual warfare and and and, and less scientifically about it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's okay to treat a sickness with prayer, and it's okay to treat a sickness with medicine. Absolutely. That's all spiritual warfare because it really, the spirit and the physical are very close,
0: very intertwined. And
2: yeah, they, they, they impact each other, and our, our thoughts are key to how they impact each other, actually, and our thoughts and our actions.
0: One of the, the um, things that I really liked that I heard when I was doing okay. uh, research on this is from an, uh, an exorcist who said, that we need to understand that exorcism was actually a healing ministry and a ministry of compassion. And I'm like, mm. that's really good. And we need to hang on to that. So uh, now I was a little shocked because when we started watching this movie, I did not realize that it was going to start in Iraq. So, yeah, in Nineveh. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's such a contrast to what we see on, uh, you know, all the memes and all the clips and all, all the Mm -hmm. headlining scenes. So I thought this was a very interesting way to start that we're here back in the cradle of civilization and back where, you know, this whole thing we call Christianity
2: began. And so. So I, I like, we have the contrast here. You, we'll see this contrast as we go on of the, of the ancient and primitive mm-hmm. uh, compared to the modern And uh, you know we're watching this now because we're recording but watching it muted but the sound design is so key to the storytelling. Yes and and later in the film they uh, they'll play some of the sounds from these early scenes mm-hmm. to try to draw like help, help help us draw back that this is this is the start of a, of a stratagem. That the spirit um, is enacting against against this man, who's a who's an academic and also believes in the spirit realm, <laughs> oh,
0: which is a great combination because it helps us stay balanced. And now that little medallion they, they it was on the scene earlier it actually says Saint Joseph pray for us, and hmm. so it's the idea that as Joseph cared for Mary, he still prays on behalf of the church. Now I'm not Catholic, so I had to learn a lot of this as we went along, and and of course we have the unveiling here of one Mm -hmm. of our primary characters who gets kind of lost for a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But he's definitely, he's definitely the uh, major chess player in this. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I love this. There's hardly any dialogue in the, just from a filmmaking standpoint, Mm -hmm. there's hardly any dialogue. It's like a silent movie and we're supposed to think about what we're watching and what we're learning. Like, okay, the, the, the uh, the father is uh, not healthy. Right. He has heart issues and he's also unnerved. I think he's unnerved a little bit about what he just saw.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you know, there's so much more backstory there and just there's being hinted at I and mean, everybody's watching mm-hmm. him and you're wondering, what are mm-hmm. they thinking? What are they seeing with him? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because this uh, freaking uh, the director was really great with uh, being able to set a scene without a lot of dialogue. And um uh, I, I want to go back and watch the French Connection. It's been too long since I've seen that, but that was like his big star movie before this. And the the casting in this is just phenomenal too. And mm-hmm. at the and by the way, the actor who's playing um give me his name. I totally forgot his name. Father um Marin, he mm-hmm. he's actually 40 years old. He's in his forties. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's all makeup. <laughs>
2: Man, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially when you consider this was released in 1973. So yeah. the, this no CGI. And, and I love just how creepy this scene is. And you just you almost wish that they would spend a little bit more time explaining to you what was going on here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because this, yep. this gentleman with this cloudy eye, and the cloudy eye is very emblematic in a lot of horror movies. Also, we're going to see cloudy eyes appear later on. Uh, within the movie, and I, I think they're being used very symbolically. So, and I, he's going back through the artifacts on my screen here, seeing what mm-hmm. he can find, looking at the, the metal there. So that's a,
2: the Joseph one, mm-hmm. pray for mm-hmm. us, okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And now we have Pazuzu.
2: Yes, evil against evil. So I think this is a theme in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, evil against evil. And we'll kind of see that. And this is creepy, you know. Pazuzu, who is the, what was it? He's a god of wind. The southwest wind. Yes. And I think pestilence, Mm -hmm. because they thought the wind brought pestilence.
0: Yes. And he was actually worshipped in this area, and he had temples. um, And uh, he was, one of the things I discovered in my research was he was very evil in and of himself but he was used by women particularly and i you know as gals get the bad rap but women particularly to ward off a goddess who attacked women uh, pregnant women and infants and so that oh, yeah. evil against yep. evil
2: yes i saw a uh, in doing research of pazuzu i, I saw a relief of where they were using him to exercise that woman demon Lamash too, you know, out of the pregnant woman. Yes, yes, yep. And I thought, how ironic. No, I think this is some symbolism here, right? They're mm-hmm. all bowing and, you know, yeah, uh, away and.
0: It, well, and it opened up with the Islamic call to prayer, and yes. so uh, you know, and this is still a, a Muslim part of the world, and Islam is is the the biggest religion, and I think a lot of people are kind of shocked to learn that islam has a a form of exorcism and every Mm -hmm. every major religion has a form of exorcism and not just christianity not just judaism uh yes jews did perform exorcisms before jesus um jesus actually did something completely different we'll talk more about that later and um but usually an exorcism involved calling on a more powerful god or a more powerful demon to drive out a lesser one now tell me that sounds like a safe game plan i mean that's yeah. just not yeah it yeah. doesn't seem wise well if
2: you but if you you know if you're deity if you're worshiping you know an apollo maybe mm-hmm. and you know and it, so yeah you call on apollo to try to drive out some other spirit they, they they saw it in the first century, at least, as a form of medicine. Mm-hmm. It's what the exorcists did. They were, because they assumed all sicknesses were caused by demons, and they were, mm-hmm. they were, they would bring an exorcist in to try to heal all the illnesses. This is so interesting. This tells you he's not he at least a bit scared. He, the kids, <laughs> two guys come around with guns. So he, dude's brave. He's been there before. He's like, yeah, yeah. We're
0: seeing how chill he really is. And yep. that's, uh, you know. I, I listened to uh, Gary, I believe it's Gary Thomas. Uh, he's a famous Catholic exorcist today. And he's like, I've never been scared. And he considers that to be one of his gifts that God has just mm. granted him this peace in dealing with these issues. And uh, he seems like a peaceful guy. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, yeah. If uh, fearful people, I don't think are cut out for this particular uh, ministry. And then we've got this giant Pazuzu. Um, he is a hybrid creature and mm-hmm. uh joe actually pointed out that and i found his source where he was uh from the british museum one of the british archaeologists an actual scholar not just somebody doing movie trivia and they said they would never create a statue that large because it would empower pazuzu too much and right. so freaking with the symbolism there the dog's fighting so
2: Mm-hmm. yep and they have a man on one side and the spirit on the other mm-hmm. so they you know that they, they built statues um these these idols mm-hmm. uh, as a house for the spirit uh, notice he has a snake for a phallus yes that's uh that's
0: very telling <laughs> we're
2: yes, right back in is. genesis 3 they,
1: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, yep so they uh they people who worship these things or wanted to control them would build the idol and then and then try to have the spirit inhabit the idol mm-hmm. and then that would give you some control over the or the idol that often they would build for the bigger ones, they would build a temple, a house for the idol. Right. Also, so not only was the spirit in the in the idol, uh, he or she is also in in its house.
0: And, and you would feed them by burning incense or burning food or bringing food before them, so that the aromas, because it's believed that the spirit world fed on the on the fragrances. And this is the reason why oftentimes even today, like in, you'll see in the Indian temples, all the incense being burned, or in a lot of the mm-hmm. the Buddhist temples, uh, that that's just normal. Um and there's actually some some backing to that. We actually recorded on Faith and Other Audio today that David says he's gonna offer a, a sacrifice to God, but it actually is a smell, an aroma that he says he's going to offer to God himself. So these
1: these oh, yeah, yeah these
0: demons are very good at, at mimicking what God does. And mm-hmm. so uh there there are some similarities and overlaps which are interesting. So and we're in Georgetown now.
2: And yeah, no transition, just like, wham, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> it's like, like okay. It, it's, but you go to the heart of uh, the ancient Babylon. Now you go to the, the, the heart of, you know, the modern capital of the United States. Yes. It's one seat of power to another seat of power. I don't know if there's any symbolism there. But I think everything in this movie is thought through very carefully.
0: I do. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, not only was Friedkin a really great um, director, but um, William Blatty, who wrote the book, and the book, Mm -hmm. he did a ton of research. And he actually went and studied with Jesuit priests and talked to a lot of exorcists and and really got a lot of background. And his worldview shifted in the process of of writing Mm -hmm. the book. And he was on set and helped do a lot of consulting with the movie. So there were some very thoughtful things in the movie uh ellen bernston there she she chased this role um really oh yeah uh, the, it was offered to well audrey Hepburn was was considered jane fonda uh, said she wouldn't star in it because she some really interesting things she said to it about it uh, mm-hmm. if, some other very famous actresses were offered the role and there was just something that always got in the way and she just she said this is what i'm supposed to do and she felt like she was fated to to play this role so wow. yeah because uh, Friedkin didn't want her. <laughs> uh,
2: That's interesting. I don't know how she. Why she, the uh, the character thinks this rat's up there. Right. <laughs> you know? And I think it's, I'm trying to f- figure why was the door open? Why did Reagan have the door open? And like, was she uncovered?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, and uh, you, One of the things that I have noticed: uh, windows and doors are huge with the spirit realm. And when I've talked to people who've mm-hmm. had spiritual manifestations. One of the things that always seems to kind of be throughout all the stories is the opening and the closing of windows, and yeah. so I and I guess because it is the portal of our home, they're liminal spaces, they're they're representative of uh, spiritual portals.
2: So, uh, well, we were doing a so there's uh, not Father Mary, Father uh, da- <laughs> Damien something. Yes.
0: Uh, oh my goodness, you would think I would remember it. I've watched it two days. Watched this movie two days ago. <laughs>
2: I have it in my notes
0: here. Uh, yeah, but we, we're seeing that, that he's person. a real person and he knows what's going on with his family. Uh, I I do like that because so often uh, spiritual people are kind of representative. You know, they're they're so holy and so pious that they don't actually interact with reality. And
2: they're yeah, I think. Well, I kind of wonder if it's gonna is contrasting like here's this glamorous lifestyle, this glamorous actress, mm-hmm. and you know this this. And then he's like, well, he's about to turn off and go back to his job. And it's like not so glamorous.
1: Yeah.
0: And seeing what he's missing out on and, and being as being a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think there is some of that uh, because we definitely see that with other issues in his life uh, that he, he realizes he's he's missing out. And not just on glamour, but just on some of the basic comforts of being human.
2: And yeah, being able to care. I mean, he's a psychiatrist, but he can't even really afford to take care of his mom and and you know you enter the priesthood because you love god presumably mm-hmm. and i think i think he he is thinking well things didn't turn out like i thought they would and that, i think that leads to his crisis of faith
0: exactly and you know how many times are we following god and things don't turn out like we thought they would now uh, yeah. real quick if you look at her outfit here uh the, the hand she's wearing is actually very common in Israel and it, it's uh, a good luck kind of talisman. And so even hmm. though she has been presented as being a very uh, almost atheistic or agnostic uh, person at the beginning of this movie, there, there's still little hints that she's very spiritual in her own way. Uh, mm-hmm. It may not be organized. It may not be, uh, you know, what we would expect uh as far as kind of a, a proper religion but there's she has an openness to the spiritual wor- world which makes me wonder if that's not what opens the door for uh reagan's um
2: experiences oh i have some thoughts on that <laughs> we'll, we'll cover them when they 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 come up because i think they're very real and nobody discusses them <laughs> um, they show us on the screen but nobody's like i've looked at oh. tons of articles and papers
0: Oh, well, this is why we have you on the show. Is because you see these things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you when it comes up. But you're talking about doorways, and we, uh, my wife and I, were part of a spiritual house cleansing team. Um, Went to someone at our church, their house, and and we were. At one point, we were sort of in the entryway, the hallway, coming into the house. And we, we all could sense – I'm not a seer or anything. I I, I don't – but we all could just sense super creepiness in this house, mm-hmm. you know. And they had they had some weird, awful, creepy manifestations. Th- even things like they'd have Bible verses on the wall. And then they would be, like, askew or knocked off the wall. And mm-hmm. people were having nightmares. And the beds were shaking. I mean, just really horrible, creepy things. Mm-hmm. But I uh, at w- one point in our house cleansing, because we are going – um, room to room, trying to find portals, whatever. My wife just said, "Guys, this is going to sound kind of weird." I'm like, "This is a really funny thing to say in a house because <laughs> we're all like already weird people." But she like, and so she actually opened the door and said, "Wicked spirits in this house, get out!" And there was audible wind. We felt the mm-hmm. wind. The uh, home homeowner, homeowner, she healed over like in agony, like in her stomach, and and I mean, it just this stream went out <laughs> side. And it was cold outside. It was warm inside. It was winter. So normally you'd expect cold air coming in the house. Right. But cold air went out of the house in this incredible supernatural moment. And we're like, wow. <laughs> and then it was over. And we, we continued with the house comes, But I told, I'm told like, wow, that was awesome, Amy. <laughs> it's like, why well, read that in a book? Try that. You know, <laughs> like, so, you know, and I actually use that tactic uh, sometimes whenever the kids are scared or maybe they think there's a spirit in the house or something. And I'll say, all right, you know, open the window and, you know, it can't hurt. That's... Wicked spirit in this house, get out, you know, and then...
0: Wow, I, that just reminded me because I, I had a similar experience um, years and years ago in a house that was built in 18, um, 1840. And uh, oh. there was manifestations, and I didn't know what I was doing. I I never. I was Baptist. We didn't do spiritual warfare. What are you talking about? And I mm-hmm. I did the same thing. And that that rushing wind, which you know, in Hebrew and in Greek, uh, the words for wind and spirit and breath are all the same. Mm. So right. um, the ruach or the penuma, Uh So you you got that. Or right, pneuma, The p is not normally pronounced. But I say it because people find it interesting. Anyway grammar Mm -hmm. uh but yeah so that does happen and um you and i have both been involved in situations where this sort of thing has gone on and uh so you know if if we sound kind of like nonchalant oh yeah 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 oh yeah
1: well
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're not discounting it and we're not being flip uh
1: no
2: absolutely not it's just like a couple of uh, it's like a couple of soldiers um, sharing <laughs> war stories and they may laugh and they have maybe a sort of macabre <laughs> humor about it, but they're not, you know, what we experience are kind of horrifying.
0: Yeah. It, but what I also find so interesting <laughs> about it is most of the people I know who've had these experiences, I just like, I'm like, oh yeah, I've had that experience. It's like we have it, but then we file it in like some separate file system. So you can like go on with the rest of your life, and it, it yeah. isn't until you begin opening up those drawers and rifling through them, you go, oh, this happened, and oh, I've experienced that. Uh, and until you start comparing notes, these war stories, uh, you really don't realize, oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, this has happened a lot more in my life than I <laughs> anticipated it happening or remembered it happen- happening.
2: So, and- Yeah, it's a mistake, too. I, I do it as well, where you separate your part of your life from their spirit mm-hmm. spiritual life mm-hmm. and it's that's really a mistake we you know this is really sweet this poor lady i think we're seeing him he leaves the glamorous hollywood and, and this really awesome uh, university or the the church and goes into the, really an awful community uh, <laughs> and- awful neighborhood
0: he's so sweet just you, you see the humanity in him and his mama loves him and mm-hmm. the fact that he's caring for her her physical needs and you here, you, you know bandaging her leg yes. and right oh you just y- your heart breaks for him in this film mm-hmm. and that's just he's so human and I I love right. that. And he's not some spiritual elite like the other priest is going to be. You know, or which we've already met. When he comes on the scene, he he's not that guy. So right, uh, it's I think they provide a good contrast the two priests. And but that's what this movie is all about is contrast.
2: Mm-hmm. We saw that he used to be a boxer. Um, or there were images on the screen. You'll see that later. Mm-hmm.
1: You
2: know, and. <laughs> Again, we don't think of a priest as someone who could do that. Oh, right. <laughs> At least I don't. Well, I'm I'm not Catholic either. But I, I had a I had a pastor when I a Pentecostal pastor when I was growing up, and he did um, like karate, <laughs> and it wasn't karate. He did some sort of martial arts with his, and like he could break boards with his hands. Taekwondo. I thought, That's awesome, <laughs> you know. But he was the most peaceful guy, the most gentle man. But I, I just was always impressed. Well, as that th- it's okay to be physical and. Well, see, no, you I have was to be thinking
0: what Week. Uh, exactly. Well, and as I'm watching this, I was thinking, man, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and here's this priest who's smoking and drinking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. That's why Protestants hate this movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well. I'm kidding. That was a joke.
0: You know, and there's joke. this really weird divide between the Catholic church and the Protestant church. And I think we've got a lot to teach each other. And just us mm-hmm. not, being at odds is just awful.
2: There's, a, by the way, there's the idol.
0: Uh huh. Ever. There's Pazuzu. Uh-huh.
2: Gosh, I wonder why where she got that image from in her head, and, yeah. and why she's making it. Hmm. Anyway, I, I agree. <laughs> I think I have learned. Uh, my my father's family was. Oh look! Oh, the Ouija board. The Ouija board. Yeah. <laughs> there was one of those my in the house
0: that was I was in that had the manifestation.
2: in the in the uh, closet.
0: Yes. That, you know, I found the one in the house in a little cabinet that was kind of like tucked off in a corner that you wouldn't know it was you there. Too? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think that's a tactic. Uh-huh.
1: Don't you? I do.
0: Because there was, you know, there was really nothing else in that cabinet. And it's like, why? Yeah. Uh, you know, and there were other like board games, which, you know, this is considered a, a board game by many. Um, and so mm-hmm. that were the board games were in a different part of the house. But then this was just like tucked away. And those things are hard to burn, just so you know uh they do not want to light on fire uh it took me I, uh, forever
2: i ministered to a couple of, of teenagers who made their own spirit board oh wow um and uh of course they became <laughs> that's not, that's a really bad idea and they they came to my youth group one night i'm not a youth pastor anymore but years ago i was a volunteer youth pastor and they showed up one night and they just like we need delivered we are like they didn't say they didn't say these uh, this term but they were like they're highly demonized mm-hmm. and i am like so and talking to them I'm like you you did what? <laughs> you made a spirit board. Like, well, oh, we we burned it. I'm like, yeah, and you can't figure out why you're like completely traumatized. I mean, and we had demons and the demons manifested on both the kids that night um
1: mm-hmm.
2: when we were ministering them and my friend Jerry who is on my my podcast now. He he came down full of the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. He just walked in the room and the kids stopped. The kids kept trembling and Jerry was looking at him and finally says, there's nothing on you. And he said, well, it left whenever you walked in the room. you know." Right? And, and Jerry said, well, then stop trembling. And he did. And I'll sit up. And he did. <laughs> you know, so it's like,
0: I, it was I have found that seers have this very amazing. cut
2: and dry way of dealing
0: with these things. We just kind of like, eh, okay, get it together. This is how it goes. <laughs> and yep. we've got this little scene on applying on, uh, now where we really see that this mother does love her daughter. And I think that's great. Um, But... You know, the Ouija board, even though it comes out I mean, in the movie, this that's really about all you see. It, there's not-
2: That's all you see of it, but I think it's telling us that Mr. Howdy, or whatever the name mm-hmm. is, told her Howdy. about Burke. Captain Howdy, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I- the Ouija boards, or the spirit boards, or the talking boards, I mean, they really were not something that were uh, shunned until after this movie. Uh, before that, really? oh yeah, before that, they were huge. Uh, especially sales picked up always right after a major war. Uh, it was just mm-hmm. considered part of a date night because you had to hold, uh, touch hands,
2: and then oh, you yeah. got to be close to each other. And it was that. That goes back to the 19th century mm-hmm. in America and Europe and, and Russia when they spiriti- Spiritism yes. really took off, where they would mm-hmm. try to talk to spirits and things. So stupid. Where were the churches in all this? I mean, like, did they encourage it? Well, you know, I think honestly what was happening, you know, we've got the Industrial Revolution, we've got
0: this Age of Reason, we've got all of this mm-hmm. stuff happening where science is giving you all the answers you need and if you're just smart enough, you you can uh, you can figure it out. And you, the churches really began to distance themselves from things that made them sound crazy. Uh, we call that having faith, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I mm-hmm. I think the churches were really trying to to look cool in that quote modern era back then. <laughs> and
2: yeah, apparently, or they just didn't have an answer, or they weren't they they were not filling a spiritual need. I'm, I'm reading Anna Karenina uh-huh. by Tolstoy right now, and some of the characters early on they they do that, um, and some other characters discount it. You have the the rational one, mm-hmm. and you have the ones who are like, no, I believe in it, and you, and they're all Christians. They're all part of the Orthodox Russian Russian Orthodox Church, and some of them less faithful than others. Mm-hmm. and All of them sleeping around, practically. <laughs> right? You know, but it, <laughs> it's, it's Tolstoy. <laughs> so here is the thing: your spiritual like, right, right, Your spiritual walk, and and like, the one who doesn't it's so interesting. The one who doesn't and he has the most integrity. He he's like you. He. He doesn't really. He's an agnostic, mm-hmm. and he comes around in the in the book, and I, I find that so interesting. How people have always separated their faith from their life. Yeah. Well. Sunday's a the thing they do in church, or they do to make you part of the community, or to get baptized, mm-hmm. or to ensure your eternal salvation. But it's not about. It's not about. Uh, so here, here's one of the portals. Yes.
0: Well, yeah. yeah right, talk so about that. Gone. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the father's gone. And um, I don't know if it's in the movie, but in the book, the the dad's name is Howard. Okay. Which may be why the spirit calls itself Captain Howdy. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, Father wounds, you know. Father wounds are so huge. And uh, we've discounted them in our society and we act yes. like oh well you know the child can still have a safe and loving home even if the dad's not there and you know i was
2: in... no yes they, well they, they can <laughs> well but
0: it's been there's still a wound and i was a single mom for well over a decade uh, and it was awful and it, it it did impact my children and the good thing is they both are aware of that and we can talk about that uh, with each other but at the same time it, it's it's not the kind of wound that you slap a band-aid on and everything's okay and there's right. no Band-Aid for that one. And you really do have to go through a very in-depth healing process to get past it because that father figure is going to tell you how to view God. and
2: uh, Exactly. And how you view your father impacts, it's a filter of mm-hmm. how you view God. Mm-hmm. And
0: and it's huge. And so and no mom, no matter how good she is, and I'm saying this as a mom who tried, uh, can, can replace that father figure. And so now we're getting our first um, hints that something's really wrong with Reagan. And, mm-hmm. um, and the My bed is shaking. And the mother's not connecting the, the sound in the attic with what's going on with her daughter. And that, that is something also I've seen that a lot of times these little individual events will happen. And it's not until hindsight that people put them all together.
2: Right. Well, that's yes. Cause you're, we all construct narratives of the events that go on in our lives And what makes someone crazy is when they construct a narrative that is inaccurate. Right. Or maybe their narrative is accurate and everybody else's is wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: and and, yeah. And we go back to that, that splitting. And again, you know, whether I'm doing it because I'm not realizing, okay, how many, you know, thinking about the spiritual in context with my physical, which I am guilty of, I already admitted that or splitting Mm -hmm. that, that spiritual need from uh, finding answers and and this is something that I, I think is kind of almost unique to Christians. Uh, we don't see it in a lot of like the Native American uh, religions, which I'm Cherokee. Uh, we don't see it in a lot of the primitive uh, religions that going back in ancient studies. There was no separation between the the mundane
2: and the sacred. And so, is that a is that a is that a function of the enlightenment Do you think
0: I, I i think it very well might be I, I i'm i can't say that with certainty but i think there is an element to that because you know if you're sophisticated and you're taught uh you know you you've got a good education then mm-hmm. you you don't fall prey to superstition uh one of our few jump scares in the movie um I'm getting ready oh, to come up. Oh, this is up. a terrifying scene.
2: <laughs> I can't remember what the sound is, but the sound design in this movie is incredible. And I'll probably say that like five times, five more times. But I, uh, I think, yeah, I think in the the pre-modern era, so before the Enlightenment, people, they didn't separate spiritual from physical. It was all integrated, no mm-hmm. matter how they lived, you know. And they maybe they used religion to sort of give them pardons for their sin or whatever. Yeah, but.
0: Well, and that and, um, you know, there were certain things like, you know, how you well take Judaism, for instance, uh, how you entered a house, you you made a religious observance, and you still do today, if you're a practicing Jew. Uh, but, you know, even lacing your shoes in some of the Native American tribes, that's part of a religious observance. So every morning when you hmm. put on your shoes, you're doing a ritual to remind you of who you are. And uh, what you should be practicing. So I I, I love that uh, aspect of those kinds of religions that allow people to to say this is who I am in totality. It, it's not just yes. for that Sunday morning, uh, you know, two hours that I'm trying not to fall asleep and pretending to like the person next to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is part of life. So we've got the priest coming into the church, and we're seeing that there might be something going on in this community. Um, that we didn't realize before. Uh, It's kind of one of the more, uh, to me, one of the more shocking scenes in the movie, but I'm also very visual. It is.
2: (laughs) It is very shocking. I think, yeah, so we're learning that there's some unknown, unnamed, unshown occult, cultism going on in the community, for sure. Do
0: they ever tie this back? I'm trying to remember. I've only watched the movie once. Uh, They ever tie this back to anything,
2: or is it just like, a detective eventually will I think he 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 links it but that's it it just ah uh, so we all I mean we, we don't have anything overt and that's how the spirit world works mm-hmm. um, we, um, there are there are practitioners of paganism mm-hmm. who will wage war or like pray and do, like do prayers and curses and and spells and and un- unleash all sorts of spiritual things against other people and never tell them face to face they just they'll unleash war against a church or against a leader or Mm -hmm. in the case of president trump you know millions of witches apparently tried to curse him yeah that made the news (laughs) that did make the news and people wonder why the last few years i mean look there's something to this Mm -hmm. people wonder why the last few years have been so chaotic and Gosh, I wonder if there's a connection. We won't we won't know this in this life, but is there a connection to all that to what's going on in the world?
0: Right, and this isn't ta- th- and you know, and this isn't saying anything about being a Trump supporter or not being a Trump supporter. It's just when you unleash evil in the world, it, right. it, it, evil doesn't play are, by the rules. I mean, there are consequences.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, We we have. I was talking of someone who could see uh, spiritual things, and he observed when his wife. Sp- uh, When his wife uh, would speak, or anybody would speak a curse, a little like a little black shadowy blob would come out of the mouth Mm -hmm. and kind of go into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Okay, and when you speak a blessing, a a sort of a light light came Mm -hmm. out—not light, Mm -hmm. but like a something else came out. And he was uh, watching his wife and just saw, uh, just once, unconnected to what I just said. He was just visiting with his wife, and this white ball came from outside and landed on her, and and she just visibly brightened up. And it's like. Oh, someone, maybe, maybe someone prayed for her mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe someone was speaking well of her and I, yeah, I go back to the New Testament. How many times Paul says to speak well, think well of, you know, fo- set your mind on things above, set your minds on mm-hmm. good things, not on mm-hmm. bad things. And it helps shape your atmosphere. I don't mean, you know, I'm not going to, physical. it just shapes how you live. You can go into a home and you can say, oh, man, there's a spirit of discord in this house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you go into another home and, oh, there's a spirit of peace in this house. And you may not say it that way unless you're very sensitive to the spirit right. room. But other, but sometimes people just like, they like to congregate and hang out. And like for the longest time, we couldn't get people to leave our house. It's like, <laughs> you know, like what is going on? Well, there's peace in this house. And, and, you know, my daughter's friends, they like it. They're just drawn to it. I have. And I'm like, time.
0: I have a friend who has the same problem and they call her house the black hole. It's like you go there and you never leave. You don't realize how much time has passed because she's just someone who walks with the spirit and she's very kind and she's just very outgoing. And and Mm -hmm. you you go to her house and you don't want to leave. And I know what you're saying uh, about the, the, the words. I mean, that's really a huge... We don't give words enough credit. And, you know, one of the things with the prophets of the Old Testament, when they spoke, it was believed that they actually created new possibilities that were not there until they said the words and so there there is power mm-hmm. in the words and matter of fact uh i watched several interviews with um, exorcists from the catholic church who are practicing today and one of the main things that they kept going back to almost every one of them it's what are you saying about other people what are you what are you saying to to others about others and that's one of mm-hmm. the primary things they see as being a, a contributor to um, demonic manifestation. So I thought that was very interesting that it was consistent. That is so interesting. Yeah, <laughs>
2: because ha- not not forgiving others, not having like having unforgiveness or holding mm-hmm. onto bitterness. Oh. And th- these things are impact.
1: Mm-hmm. Th-
2: these things create open doorways too. By the way, I want to go back to Burke uh, mm-hmm. the The producer or the director, he, he said, "Oh, alien pubic hair in my drink! What what is it?" And now he's he's ripping on yeah. this guy using really profound language, okay, including the c word, which is a word I can never say. I, oh I no, it's an awful word. word.
0: It's one of the few yeah. words that make me flinch. My dad was a sailor, so yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> yes. So I I, I just wonder.
0: It, this seems so disconnected. So he's weird. Yeah, and you kind of wonder what <laughs> he's bringing with him, but because there is, I mean if there's anything to be upset about, I mean, the Holocaust certainly seems like something to be upset about. Um, and I, I think with good reason, but you, there's
2: almost, that's an, an, an inappropriate where, place to, exactly. to get drunk and then go after the help.
0: Well, and I'm wondering too, is, is that another, you know, possible portal? I mean, this is a person who's in her house. This is a person who's mm-hmm. had interaction with, uh, you know, her kid. And what, what is he carrying around? He's carrying around a lot of bitterness and anger. And, uh, you know, th- and that was not something that ha- that even someone who survived World War II or was in part of the concentration camps, that's not the attitude they had to walk away with. Um, if you haven't read yeah. The Hiding Place by Corrie Ten Boom, you're missing out because, man, she just she took that horrible experience and turned it around and it became a powerful tool in her hands and my daughter
2: my my daughter just brought that book up oh it's ask me if i'd read it great, recently oh it's
0: a great book great book i've read it many many times um, just someone who actually lived their faith and wasn't just speculating mm-hmm. about faith and so uh, you know i won't go any more into that book but you know that was all spiritual warfare too if we're just going to be blunt uh so wow. Anyway, so here we're 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 singing around the piano and we're going to have this very interesting announcement being made. And mm-hmm. so here's Reagan with her uh uh her first real appearance uh where we begin to understand that she something's going on. And uh, by the way, the, the urination, uh, was something that also all the exorcist did say was part of the, um, uh, that, that was something that they experienced quite frequently, um, that they would, during an exorcism, people would just, whatever, however, um, yeah, I have been involved.
2: It's also something that happens with, uh, people who've been sexually abused. hmm
1: mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Just hold on, hold on to that thought. Absolutely. Yeah, she's, I think, I don't think it says it in the movie, but in the book, the, who she said that to is an astronaut. Yes,
0: yes. They kind of brought it up in the conversation, uh, for the party conversation. Okay, I couldn't
2: remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so, but you know, and here she seems to offer what might appear to be a word of prophecy, and we find out that it actually isn't true. It doesn't, it's not fulfilled. So mm-hmm. I think that was kind of interesting.
2: Um, but it creates a certain, created a... It's his fear. Mm-hmm. If that's his fear, if you're an astronaut, <laughs> you don't want to die up there. <laughs> I mean, that's what they. That's what and that's something that uh, wicked spirits will do when they're manifesting through somebody. Is talked about your fears. There, your hidden fears.
0: There is a reason why the Bible is very implicit. We we an explicit for God is not giving you a spirit of fear. And that word there for spirit is spirit. It's not an attitude. It's not an ideology. It's not an emotional state. It means spirit as in something from the spirit realm. So, um, yeah. So don't get the bed shaking. Uh, And, uh, this is something too that I have found is pretty common that, that manifestations with the bed, you know, normally not that extreme, uh, that not with the bed shaking, but definitely, um, and, and this has happened to me. Uh, I talked to somebody within the past two weeks that it's happened to that we'd be laying in bed and somebody will come sit on the bed and the bed will actually depress, like as mm-hmm. if a person were were sitting there. And that's pretty normal. Um, I've also experienced where there's been like something in the mattress is what it's been like, like scratching and clawing to get through the mattress. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's disconcerting because you think, okay, I've got an infestation of mice. Well, there's, there's no mice. Or you know, it's it's you're the only person in the whole house that's got this problem with your particular bed. Why? So um, mm-hmm. that does happen, and so it's super creepy. It it really is. And you know, looking back, um, uh, so often you 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 see how easy it is to come up with rational explanations. We can just reason it away, and it's just your overactive imagination, which is what a lot mm-hmm. of kids who can see in the spirit realm get told while they're growing up oh you've got such an Mm -hmm. overactive imagination and aren't you so creative and uh yeah typically they are but that's not why they're telling you what they're telling you and so you know if a kid comes to you and tells you something don't discount it don't don't act like they don't know what they're talking about they're they're describing an experience that they've had
2: And so even if you don't believe in the experience, at least affirm the emotion that they are and don't discount it. And mm -hmm. they will trust you with so much more. Yeah. Be honest. But just in case they're, yeah, yeah. Just in case they are telling the truth, maybe go in the room and pray. (laughs) What's it going to (laughs) hurt? This is, this is, uh, so this is sad. So this is is what he's dreaming, Mm -hmm.
0: right? And the thing is, all of those symbols are not his symbols. Those symbols belong with Father Marin because uh, mm-hmm. we've got the dogs from the dogs fighting with Pazuzu, we've got the 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 uh the, the medallion the medal of Saint Joseph pray for us the stopped clock and then you, the demon. yep get the little flash there
2: and and then he, she goes to the underworld I guess it's uh it's just really sad
0: yeah and, and I think that that dropping of the medal is him dropping his faith I
2: I think that's cool Here's a so here we have a, a a older man uh shoving something in her.
1: Mhm.
0: And then we've got the um you know, the just it's violent the whole thing and the spitting. That mm-hmm. was the other thing yep. that is very common in these spiritually charged yeah. situations. Um and even though uh, now we're back with Father Karras, and he's uh he's holding mass and he's performing this ritual that you, you've been set up to ask, does he really mean it? Does he really feel it? And Mm -hmm. so then you've got, no, (laughs) right. (laughs) Right. And I I love the fact that you go, you're going back and forth from these very sterile uh, hospital scenes Mm -hmm. to, to the, the rich uh, church scenes. And so, um, you know, here's our, our pat answer. Um, you know, there's just something wrong with her brain. Uh, Yep. We, we've got it figured out. We can't help you, but we know what it is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It causes hallucinations and all these things. And, yeah, shaking the bed. Oh, no, the bed was shaking. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, so there's something wrong with your temporal,
2: temporal lobe. And and this is, yeah. you know,
0: this is something I think uh, when people are talking about, uh, oh, well, you know, we don't see possessions like the Bible describes. Well, no, you don't. And I think part of the reason why is because demons aren't stupid. If someone mm. comes across with all of the symptoms and stuff that we were seeing in the Bible with, with possession, we just put them in a hospital. We give them enough meds so that they are, right. are what they call snowed. Um, and it's the idea that their brain is showing nothing but like snow on an old TV set. And and mm-hmm. now the demon's not able to wreak havoc like they want to. And so, yeah, demons change their tactics because that's what works. And uh, where before, David, you know, he acted like a madman. And so people were afraid of him and they respected him and he was able to get out of town. Um that's not what happens today. So if demons were still doing the same thing they did back then, they would have been, you know, that's just a stupid demon. Um so, and occasionally they act out just enough to scare people, but not in, you know, and they, right. enough to drive somebody crazy, but not enough to to um orchestrate the big moves like they did in the ancient world.
2: So I hospitals can be really scary places.
0: They're terrifying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know this and this these scenes of her, mm-hmm. and it's you know I, I think it's it's like a documentary. Uh, well, and except that it's excessively loud.
0: <laughs> well, and freaking before he he started making feature films, that's what he was known
2: for was
0: documentaries. Yeah, and
2: it actually, and that's what they wanted. That's, that's they wanted something, mm-hmm. cold,
0: very clinical.
2: Here we have it, a man disrobing her a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: And the scenes with her are really uncomfortable. And actually, this is the scene where everyone, uh, if you watch any of the interviews of people coming out of it, when. Now,
2: here's the language. Okay. The language. Another man, a man giving her double entendre uh-huh. language. And. Again, with. Where's the needle? Yeah. It's definitely. Uh, so. Very symbolic. Mm Uh, mm-hmm. uh and Now, the, here's a little bit of a.
0: Yeah, this is yeah, where everybody gets... Right in
2: our necks. Awful.
0: Yes. This is where people left the movie. When when they... Really? Yeah, when it came time to... Uh, when you re- if you watched any of the interviews, and, yeah, they're, they're just... People would come running out of the, the the movie theaters at this point. This is what they could not stand.
2: And, oh, yeah. He impales her, and now there's a little bit of foreshadowing mm-hmm. of what's to come. hmm And I'm being a little bit... You know, and then it's just... So we're we're watching men do this to her, and, and some of the feminist interpretations of the movie, by the way, um, see this as men trying to stop her from maturing from a cute little girl to a young woman. Ah,
0: it's
2: kind of interesting. But there's something else I'm, I'm getting. I'm going to allude to later. Okay. Uh, when Father Caris visits the house for the first time, okay. uh, but this is. I mean, I, we've. I, have you ever had scans like this where they're they put you in a big tube, you know, and hope you don't have claustrophobia?
0: No, I I actually I have avoided that, but my mother who is claustrophobic, <laughs> she, she she's done several. And yeah. she says it's horrible. And
2: Yep. Yeah. I think yeah, so this is this is difficult to watch. Yeah, can you imagine if being It's supposed 12? to be difficult to watch. Oh, and yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with her. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have the blank screen. It's like kind of like the the blind man. They're, they're completely blind to what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. Sometimes medical science just isn't the answer. Often medical science can give you an answer. Well, and a lot of times but sometimes it's not. It,
0: it, they work in conjunction. And I think we, mm-hmm. we need to recognize we are, you know, a being made up of several parts. And you take out any one of those parts, just like if you remove part of your body, it's not going to work. You remove the spirit and the heart, the mind, and you, any one of those is gone. We don't function like we should, or if one of them is malfunctioning, we don't function like we should. And so, I but I do like the fact that um, that there is a look into the medical causes because absolutely we we absolutely. need to do that. Um, you know, when I was about seventeen, my parents thought I was going through a crazy rebellious uh, time, and they were about out of their minds. It all turns out I had a thyroid disorder. And once we got that treated, everything was better. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes, yeah, there are medical causes, but we also need to be open uh, once that's been exhausted. You know, obviously, not typical behavior. Uh, I couldn't do that if I tried. Uh, so she's being tossed around in the, the bed here. Mm-hmm. And they still want to deny what they're seeing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that...
2: I wonder if that position that she's in may be related to the trauma. I can see that. And obviously this is
0: one of the more graphic scenes. The actors, as a matter of fact, uh, the first time they shot mm-hmm. this scene, they did not warn the actors what she was going to say. And um, mm-hmm. one of them just had to walk off. He, he, he could not stomach the fact that Linda Blair, who was uh, 12 at the time she played this, was saying those words. And, uh, you know, and it, it should be disturbing. But yes, uh, I, I, I'm with you. I'm thinking there's definitely some kind of trauma um, that's related to a sexual um, event in her past. Mm-hmm. And people forget uh, sexual trauma with young children is something that's been going on since the dawn of time. I mean, and statistics say mm-hmm. one in three girls, one in six boys. Most experts say that's way too low. Um, have been sexually abused by the time they're they're 18. so um very real that 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 sort of thing opens up uh, gateways to the spiritual world portals if you will so well, in
2: fact uh, as you discuss on your other podcast <laughs> um, at length um, it was used to as worship exactly worship of these spirits I, I, yes yes and I mean Baal, I mean the reason, that, the, the Pazuzu had a snake as, as a phallus, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know that if there was a sex cult around it, but there was a lot of sex cults around. Uh, who are they? What was her name? Ashtar? Ashtar.
0: Or, um, um, Asherah. Asherah, both of those. Um, and Asarte. Uh, they, almost every ancient god is either going to have the, this uh, ritual sex as part of their observance or a total abstinence from sex. Uh, one is because the ritual sex usually involved either orgies or sending a woman to a temple for a period of time to serve as a sacred prostitute. Sometimes men were too, mm. but usually women, uh, you know, and this destroys families. You, you can't have a family unit if you don't know who the father of the child is or, well, you, right. uh, or if you're avoiding sex, well, now you don't have a family at all. So, mm-hmm. th- and that's where the attack comes in because if you don't have a family, who are you? And you know that's the beautiful thing about salvation—you're adopted into a family, and the, all of that doesn't matter. So uh, we, I don't want to say that anybody who might live through these situations doesn't—you know, I'm not saying you're nobody. I'm saying no. God says I'm bigger than that situation. So mm-hmm.
2: that's that's the beautiful thing. And it's one of the reasons sexual ethics is imp- so important to to um, to God, mm-hmm. um, the God of the Bible, um, Yahweh, the Lord Jesus. Uh, sexual ethics is important. Um, and sexual integrity because uh, so often it it's, it's used to um, it has degrade the creation and create a spiritual worship of other things. And
0: what's interesting about it is almost every time there's a misuse of sex it always results in the abuse of women. And, and mm. that's the reason why uh, prohibitions get what we're seeing right here, by
2: the way, abusive woman y- of her mm-hmm.
0: specifically the, the, the mom and the daughter who don't have a man to, to protect them. Now, I'm not mm. gals don't get mad, uh, but there is something about having a man you can rely on. And, uh, you know, even prohibitions against homosexuality in the Bible were put in place as a women's rights issue because all the other cultures where it was not prohibited, women began being used as broodstock brood and not being honored. And where in the Bible, mm-hmm. when everything's going right, women are honored and they're respected, just like Abigail. So um, it's, we're seeing definitely that these women who, they're not being honored. Uh, there is particularly not the child, the mother doesn't know how to get through this. and. You know, she's just at a loss. And as a single mom, I felt that so many times. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it, and feeling like maybe if there was a man, I would be taken more seriously. And I, you know, I'm not supposed to admit that. Uh, I knew how to be heard and I knew how to get people to pay attention, but maybe it wouldn't have been so much of a battle. And so, uh, again, I know, uh, not politically correct, but that's just the truth mm-hmm. of the situation. And we got the lights flashing here. and uh, That happens. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Technology. Spiritual, does.
2: you know, yeah, spirits have a way of impacting electrical impulses. Seems it, like it's so aggravating. <laughs> We're trying to record a podcast for a <laughs>
0: Well, you know, um, you know, this morning we tried to get going, and it would not work, uh, so we're you know what is it several hours later we're back at it again. This is the level mm-hmm. of dedication we have, uh
2: okay, so we had the window open, it's cold in there. Mm-hmm. Is it cold because of the spirit? well, she's not she's face down, but no no covers on. Is it cold because of the spiritual thing or is because the windows open this winter? Maybe a little bit I, of I think
0: a little bit of both because that is something that uh, me and several other people have noted. Um, and people I know well and people that I've just encountered randomly, it seems like there is this, this coldness that comes with the demonic presence. And mm-hmm. so uh, they did some really interesting things to make that happen. They were like basically had created their own little freezer that they filmed in. And they would not film mm. until it was 10 below. And oh. yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And it, the thing was, when they started filming, the lights he would heat it back up. So they had to go out, let it chill back down, and then f- start filming again. And uh, I want to point out, too, that this is based on a true story. This is mm-hmm. not something that um, Blatty just pulled out of thin air. And uh, if you want to research that further, you can look at the uh, St. Louis Exorcist. Uh, exorcism. Uh, you'll, you'll find it. There's stuff on it all over Google. Uh, it's very famous. It was one of the few documented exorcisms before this movie, uh, because before the release of this movie, it was just exorcism was had almost faded from the culture's um, consciousness and awareness. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until after the release, we began to see a resurgence in this um, interest in the spirit realm. And so we've just got the bad news.
2: Um, well, Burke was babysitting.
0: Mm-hmm. Why?
2: <laughs> because she went. Well, she went to get the drugs and uh, called the only one she could. She called Burke uh, to babysit, and uh, we'll find out that Burke was thrown out of her window. Yeah, I. I... So the question is, what was Burke doing in her room?
0: I, I, exactly. Exactly, and you know, I think that's one of the things most single moms uh, really protect their kids, and she's already stated, this isn't a guy that she's going to marry or expects to have any future Mm -hmm. with, he was just fun to be with and made her feel good.
2: Uh, Yeah, plus her boss, you know, director, I guess, but, right, he's the director. I I think so,
0: yeah, well, and then we've got this, um, no, he was the, the astronaut, so...
2: Yeah. No, Brooke was the director of oh, the movie Oh, okay. I'm
0: sorry. Okay. Right. See, I'm yeah. getting them all mixed up. Now, do you notice the hand yeah. raised? If you remember, look back at the mm-hmm. Pazuzu statue, the hand raised oh, on that.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. I missed that. Yeah. I-, I
0: didn't catch that on my own. I did a lot of research before I watched this because there was such <laughs> hype about it. And I'm like, yeah. I wanted to ease into it. So, um, that was... What do you think about hypnosis? Man, I... I... Part of me is just like, no, it's not worth the risk. Uh, I would have to really mm-hmm. know a, a, and trust a hypnosis. I, I think there are like a, a hypnotist. I, I know mm-hmm. there's ways we can hack into our brain and reorder thoughts and open, you know, open up different portals and stuff. But I'm not and sometimes even do good healing things. I don't know if we we should. I, I think the same results can be achieved through through. You know, self-discipline, because I'm thinking specific, like Mm -hmm. hypnosis to stop smoking or, you know, hypnosis to lose weight. Uh, Most of that, I think, is us trying to bypass our uh,
2: our self-will and self-discipline. And she's trying to emasculate uh, a man. Yeah. I'm being held down by another man. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a, it doesn't seem like it's, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to have an informed opinion, hypnosis.
0: It's too risky, in in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but, you know, a lot of the things the Bible tells us not to do, it's not because it doesn't work. It's because it does. Yes, right. It's the wrong, uh, it's the wrong source. And so I have to wonder, mm-hmm. you know, what source are we tapping into with hypnosis? So are we are we uh, exploiting uh, neural pathways, or are we exploiting some kind of spiritual connection to those neural pathways? So that's that's the question I have to answer before I can give a definitive answer.
2: You mean calming the uh, or trying to sub uh, trying to submerge your conscious <laughs> your consciousness and allowing another Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, trying to empty yourself—that that maybe that might be kind of a risky thing to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, I do. Okay. Yeah, and you...
2: notice the name of the uh, of the detective. <laughs> uh, uh, I missed it. It's like a uh, child man. I can't, it's like it's like kinderman or something. Oh, like that. oh, you know, you... he's the one who's going to try to look after, try to figure out what's going on.
0: <laughs> he's kind of amusing. Um, he's mm-hmm. an interesting character, and and you. Poor Karis doesn't seem to want uh, I- anything to to do with uh, this at all. Mm-hmm.
2: He, he's he's not in his right mind either. He's just
0: yeah. And I think it's really important too to realize that sometimes people who are in a ministry situation um, it, they go through time. Oh, so
2: okay. so they're looking at the witchcraft. Okay, that that mm-hmm. was. I think that's, I think that was the illusion that we're trying to figure out who desecrated the church. Okay. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But he, nonetheless, like, okay, they're trying to figure out from a psychiatrist's point. Which, oh, yeah, there he is. He's discussing, trying to figure out, it's, there's something going on in the community.
0: So we've got something going on with the community. We don't think it's actually literally attached to the family. Um, it, so it might show that the community you live in has some kind of bearing, even if you don't think it does. Mm-hmm. And so
2: I'm... And these things, oh, oh my! You know, these things are—they're everywhere. All right, occultism, occultists—you know—I mm-hmm. mean, they're—they're they're everywhere doing stuff. Right. It's—it's it's a religion. It's just like it's like Christians going to church,
0: and it's—and it's... and,
2: and we worship. And I think one of the, one of the, you know, the lack of people going to church right now, and um, we're recording this during, um, the, the COVID, the yeah. wonderful year of twenty twenty. <laughs> And, you know, you have millions of people who normally go to church and do corporate worship, and they're not. Well, that affects the atmosphere. It mm-hmm. affects people's well-being and, and the spiritual life in a community, for sure.
0: Absolutely. And just being disconnected. And I actually spoke to a veteran uh, who was in a veteran center, and he's moved into a motel because he couldn't stand the, the isolation anymore. And so he, uh, I wound up spending like an hour talking to him, uh, he was just sitting on the sidewalk outside of a, a motel near here, and uh, you, that's that's the links that people are going to for for connection. And you know, if, in it's impacting so many people so negatively. Uh, whether you mm-hmm. think it's necessary or not, that kind of isolation is not good for people, and in spiritually, it's not good for people to be alone. I mean, that's one of the first things God observes about humanity, and it's not just Adam, <laughs> right? Uh, yes. So, wow.
2: Yeah, just breaks your heart. We're uh, supposed to be in community. I mean, God's a, is a the Trinity mm-hmm. he existed in in community. Mm-hmm. He exists in community mm-hmm. um, from eternity. Yes, I, I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> I, I can't wrap my head around it. I, I you know, I, but it's, it's important. You you can't explain <laughs> the
0: mysteries of the Trinity to us.
2: <laughs> no, not on a not, no, <laughs> not whenever I hadn't planned on saying it. <laughs> Uh, I
0: even if I planned on saying it I don't know if I could get it right because everything well I, I know
2: you know what I'm saying it's like I just came up with it, right it's I haven't really given it much thought yeah no. well anyway this is interesting so the the priest is or the detective's like hey you're the shrink are any of your priests crazy They're like <laughs> well I couldn't even tell you if they were you know that's that uh mm-hmm I, I meant to look up to see if Groucho
0: Marx was really in a film with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, there should be if if you think that somebody in your life is possessed, um, a, a mental health care professional needs to be a part of the process. Um, Absolutely. And so, yep, yeah, because it yes, we can have, again, something spiritual going on with us and it can be impacting us mentally emotionally physically and it works No, all the equation works no matter what you put first and Mm -hmm. so don't ever and there we got the the film of reagan she is upset and having to be restrained
2: uh and yeah it's helpful to have your mental health people to be believers yes and and to and and I don't mean like a Christian counselor at someone who got an online degree, not even an online degree, took an online class from and, an unaccredited school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and your church basically says, um, "Oh, you need a therapy. We have a Christian counselor right here in the church." You know, right? No, I'm talking someone who's licensed. Like my wife, for instance, she's a mental health, mm. uh, she's a, a clinical, clinically licensed professional counselor. Uh, mm. Works primarily with children who are abused. And, or in the, or in the foster care system, the reason you're in the foster care system is usually because you've been abused. Right. And, and uh, so she's worked with them for, I don't know, 20 years. And so she's an example. And you know, when mm-hmm. she's in a session um, and people, and she, she, she listens to the Holy Spirit while she's, you know, sometimes she's like, oh no, this is a spiritual thing going on. This is not a mental thing, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and so often the issues are with the kid, they're with the parents. Right. They're, they're at home. They're, the parents are are engaging in you know a, a sinful lifestyle mm-hmm. and or they're just completely irreligious or and so maybe the kids you know she has um, a private practice now and she doesn't always get kids who are abused but there's something wrong with them and she's often like well it's the parents that's something wrong oh, with. yeah they, we need to fix this fix the spiritual life of the parents which will manifest in how the parents live mm-hmm. and and that will change the whole atmosphere of, of how the kid is being raised. And it, it's, it's you know, parents often drop the kid off and say, all right, fix her. Right, right. And she, she wants to say, no, we need to fix you. First of all, I need to introduce you to this person named Jesus. You know, that's... Well, you know... it's I'm, I'm laughing, but it's, it's it's true. No, I,
0: I was actually... <laughs> I spent some time at a substance abuse outpatient center for, for teens. Uh, thankfully, I wasn't there very, very long at all. And... Even that little bit of time there, I actually got in trouble because I looked at one set of parents and said, if I had you for parents, I'd be on drugs too. You know, And evidently you aren't <laughs> supposed to say that, which is why I don't do mental health care. I'm shocked that you said that. <laughs> I'm shocked. Well, you've known me for a little bit. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But that's, that's true. Typically it is the parents. And I, I think that's one of the things with this movie that we we see her mom loves her, but at the same time, uh she's just barely holding it together and that's just you know that's true if you're a mom that's especially true if you're a single mom Uh, it's hard to be a parent and so it's good that um you know at least they're acknowledging how hard it is and they aren't making it look like she's just got it all together because i think that's just a lie and i think so many young women think oh if i could just raise these kids on my own it'd be easier it never is so yeah
2: one of the feminist interpretations of the film that i read um criticized the movie because uh, she, as she's advancing in her career, then she loses control of her family. Like, okay. But that happens. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. you can criticize it all you want. It it happens if you lose control of your, uh, as you advance and you spend more time away from your family. We, we're going to, then
0: he's going to find something at the base of the stairs. Oh, and I don't remember what it is. It is, um, it's a little sculpture that Reagan ha- Reagan has made and it looks like a little lizard or something. And so, uh, uh yeah, this is the tip off, uh, maybe a little T-Rex, maybe.
2: I don't know, but maybe it's like a trying to form Pazuzu. Maybe even. it could be, it could be, you know, with... and so, and of course she finds the crucifix. Look, the power isn't in the cross it isn't in the image of the cross. Right. You know, and it's, Often people will we have Bible verses on our, our, our walls and stuff at the house. We don't have crucifixes, we're not Catholic. <laughs> but we but the the power really isn't in I mean there may be powers in the words now that I think about it. But the power really isn't in these symbols. The power is in the presence of the Lord. And yeah and the power is in in how you think about these things
0: <laughs> i, I kind of i think for me a lot of times uh, the the symbols whether we're talking about a crucifix i mean i don't have a crucifix i've got crosses um for those of mm-hmm. you who don't know a crucifix has the body of jesus on it a cross does not um so i've got crosses i not a lot um really not my thing but you know anointing a house with oil um mm-hmm. having those verses on on the wall a lot of times people don't realize that, well, a lot of times people don't think of them like I do, which is I think of them as a concession, a concession to mm. my flesh where I need something mm-hmm. tangible that I'm interacting with in order to to remind me of the greater power beyond. It, it's not necessarily that I think that anointing a house with oil, it, that the oil somehow got some kind of voodoo, special spiritual charged power mm-hmm. in it but I am able to engage and interact and, and point to a moment where I took a stand and point to yep. a, I, yeah.
2: I, it's faith building. Yes. It, it's faith building. And you know high church, the rituals they go to and people who don't go to high church um, are critical of it, but it, it can be faith building and mm-hmm. you know I, I recommend doing the if you feel, feel like you need to clean your house of spirits. It's helpful to go through with oil and, and mm-hmm. anoint things and say prayers. It's, it's it's a declaration to you, a declaration to the spirit realm. Is there power in the oil? I don't know. That's debatable. Right. That's not really the point. It, it's, it's, it creates faith, and faith is the power mm-hmm. to live out the kingdom of God. Yes. Faith is the power to live out the kingdom, and, and the kingdom is God's rule. And so that it just helps. Now, we— now, Not everybody needs that, depending on where you're at in your walk, but it can be very helpful, I think.
0: Yeah, there— um... We, and we do have scriptures talking about anointing things with oil. Matter of fact, Messiah or Christ; mm-hmm. these are all talking about Jesus being the one who is anointed. What's he anointed with? With oil. Uh, and, and you know, and I think it's interesting that God chose that substance uh, because oil permeates where water just stays on the top. Uh, mm-hmm. oil, if you put it on a body, matter of fact, a friend of mine was doing a foot massage and she put essential oils on my feet, and it got to be a game because I could taste. The oil she was putting on my feet almost as fast as she put it on my feet. And I was naming oh, them. That's, that's amazing. So, yeah. yeah. So this this does become a part of your system. So, you know, when you put on something inanimate, it's not going to be have the, the same, you know, permeation. But mm-hmm. I, I do think there is a statement. And I think sometimes we need to, to hang on to those moments. I mean, revelation. The enemy is overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of the saints. What's a testimony? Mm-hmm. That's our story. And sometimes we need ways to remember our story. And if it's, you know, we see a cross that where a friend gave us on a particularly bad day, we remember that part of our story where someone cared about us. Or, um, you know, we we remember Mm -hmm. that day we put the
2: oil on the door. So um remember the guy uh, jesus of course you remember this is <laughs> more for the listeners but uh the, the guy who had the, in the bible who had the legion of demons mm-hmm. and jesus set him free and then he first thing he wanted to do hey can i go with you mm-hmm. first of all they're in the, the decapolis they weren't even in <laughs> ancient israel territory they're in the decapolis a, a mm-hmm. pagan area in the and area of push for
0: those who <laughs> exactly
2: yeah um and he said can i go with you and why wouldn't you want to go with jesus and jesus said no go back first of all he's a gentile but it's go back and tell everyone what what the Lord has done for you. Yes. And and so he send them off. And okay, is this is this it?
0: Where we're looking we'll look at, at her art. drawings we'll and look her- at the artwork. Yes.
2: Is is this the artwork I'm thinking of, or is it later? It's later. Okay, okay we'll we'll come back to it. <laughs> um, the uh, his story. That's all he was armed with. He didn't have a Bible. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a track. He didn't have a five-step prayer model mm-hmm. that, I, that you know that I'll teach you how to pray. <laughs> you know, it's like he didn't have any of this stuff. He didn't even have the Old Testament. He just had his encounter with Jesus, and he told that story. And, and he just told his story. And the Decapolis is where the gospel really took off eventually. Oh, by Just the way, later. Uh, you
0: see the, the winged beings in the picture behind the detective, oh, and yeah. we've got the Assyrian wy- lion um, mm-hmm. behind, so we've got yeah. these little hints. Okay, I'm sorry, I did not mean to
2: interrupt. Yeah, so she's, she, she would say, I am spiritual, not religious. I don't believe in God, but I do believe in spiritual things, maybe. I don't know, maybe she doesn't yet. Maybe she wants to believe in spiritual things, <laughs> because she's so quick to, she's so slow to agree that there's a spirit thing going on.
0: Well, and I think
2: that's a whole lie that our culture has bought into.
0: Uh, spiritual, being spiritual is what you believe. Spir- that's what the whole spiritual side is. What do you believe? Religion is how you live it out, and we're all going right, to live right. out what we believe. So you can't be spiritual and not religious. Your religion may not include going to church, but your religion might include picking mm-hmm. up trash off the, the you know the side of the road, or you know we we live what we believe. And so uh, anybody who tries to tell you not they're not religious, um, they're lying to themselves and they're lying to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. My little rant. But speaking of lying, <laughs> this is the second time the, the detective said, oh, I lied. Mm-hmm. He said that to the first guy and yeah. anyway. Yeah. No, he, and... It's an it's interesting character.
0: I, I think he was probably one of the more well-written characters in this actually. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I lied. And, and I'm kind of wondering why did, did he, why did he want her? Was it really, is it really his autograph or is he? Well,
0: and but the fact that he he admits he lies. And oh, look mm-hmm. at the little crescent moon on her, her on her yeah. uh, bracelet there. Yeah. So, you know. But but yeah. There's so many things too. I think it, uh, in our culture that we don't realize that do. I'll listen to the
2: language, okay? Do it, please. No, do it. Um... And I kind of wonder. Is she reliving an experience? And this, and here's this horrible scene. They call this, this the sp-
0: abuse of the cross scene. Mm-hmm. And so that's just
2: and all we're going if, to describe.
1: <laughs>
2: yep. And, you know, they're investigating Denning's. I'm mm-hmm. trying to talk over this horrible thing. But um, they're investigating Denning's uh, murder. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, do it. Leave mm-hmm. me alone or do it. Yeah. You see what I'm getting at. Yeah, what I and think is triggering this, and
0: and the fact that he was thrown nice. out of her window, which I, I think mm-hmm.
2: everybody who's watched the movie by a powerful man, and she turns her head like Denning's head was turned, turned all the way around. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you knew what she did? Well, what she, you know, and earlier she mentioned you look too mature in in the picture. Yes. You know you, you're too. So, I shouldn't say it this way, but too sexual. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in Leviticus it says, "Hey, fathers or parents, don't." Turn your kids into sex objects. Yes, basically. I mean, it didn't say it in those language those words, but that's one of the things that says in Leviticus.
0: Yeah, the, you, and I'll you know to be a little bit more uh, forward with that. You know, don't sell them into slavery, sex slavery for these cults, and uh, don't make them spiritual prostitutes and or sa- uh, sacred prostitutes. Sorry. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's
2: what mm-hmm. it, certainly that's what they were getting at. But in our own culture, how we have you know. From the show on Netflix called Cuties, which I've not seen. No, but yeah.
0: I know which one you're talking about.
2: And yeah, and how we've over sexualized hyper girls in our community. Uh, and how, you know, it the sexual ethics is where the enemy is attacking our culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> has been.
2: Uh, but it's like, you know, everyone has access to uh, unspeakable porn on their mobile devices and Yes. You know, whenever a uh, parent we struggle with trying to find the right router that can block it, right? right. So people don't, so our kids don't accidentally access it, mm-hmm. you know? well, and- Let alone, let alone, not just the kids, okay? Me, yeah. you know, I don't need to access it either, you know? So it's, it's, we have to guard our hearts, guard our minds, but when we're exposed to um, images, it, it could, it, it has, let alone the actions of someone who is, is raped mm-hmm. or molested mm-hmm. or, you know, um, it 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 scars your soul
0: yes it's it's a wound and that's how demons enter people's lives is through woundings and yes. you know if you're whole and you're functioning you have Shalom uh it's really hard for demons to mess with you but the minute you're wounded what wait what say what is shalom uh, nothing Explain. nothing missing nothing broken and we often yeah. translate it as peace in English uh, and so that means you know to us the absence of conflict that's not what it is. There is always conflict in the life of believer of the believer. So right. nothing missing, nothing broken, and I love that. And when you
2: when and that's God's will, by the yes. way. Yes, that's God's will for our lives. God's will is not the, you know, we go through trauma, we go through tests, we go through all sorts of situations. But God's will for our life is shalom. It's mm-hmm. dynamic. It's not like Buddha's peace, you know, right. where they're just like trying to empty themselves. It's a dynamic, you know, like and you know the. the you mentioned earlier how the Catholics, you know, seem so worldly to Protestants. It's like no, they're living in the earth. They're living on the earth. Right. They're, they're trying to have that shalom, nothing broken, where they can engage in alcohol but not get drunk, and they can engage in dr- certain things. You know, and Protestants have a hard time understanding that. Not all Protestants. <laughs> <You> know, but, <laughs> Many of um, the ones it, I grew up with. <laughs> right. Right. So it's it's finding it's finding, you know, the the, the Bible. The goal of of Christianity is not to get to heaven. The goal is to get heaven into us. Right. That shalom, that peace, that mm-hmm. that wholeness, that God's rule in us now, and you know, even after we die and the resurrection happens and and the Lord comes back and all that, the eternal life is going to be physical. Yes. Not as disembodied spirits. Physical on an earth. What you, you know you... on. on Are you
0: saying that, you know, Gnosticism is wrong? Um, (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to open that can of worms. Now I do want to address one thing too, um, before we get too much further into the movie that that scene uh, called the, the scene for the the abuse of the cross. uh, Number one, Mm. Linda Blair was not the the person acting those out. Um, She, the scene was cut. Another woman came in and was a stand in for her uh, who was older, but, because it was so shocking because we don't think about religion and sex together. At least we didn't for a very long time. But we should remember that one of the, the first major acts of violence against humanity as a whole is in Genesis 6, when the sons mm-hmm. of God took the daughters of Adam and the, took the daughters of man. That word took there wasn't, oh, hey, baby, let's go on a date and I'll take you for a drive they were it was a forcible act it was rape and so often Mm -hmm. when we talk about women in the bible uh, when an opposing enemy comes in who represents another god an opposing deity to god what's what do they do they kill the men they rape the women and so Mm -hmm. this is the sexual attack is part of spiritual warfare it always has been we just play it out in a different way today now we don't wait for barbarian hordes to come and overrun the village and rape the women now we just invite um invited in on our computers and we watch women be abused that way mm-hmm. so okay mm-hmm. so it, i in my opinion that's one reason why it's appropriate that you know i don't want to see the imagery but at the same time we should be shocked at the the way we should
2: be it has these taboos of masturbation mm-hmm. and um, lesbianism, particularly in 1973, mm-hmm. and um, and of course the cross and then, yes. you know, the blood and everything. It, it's, yeah, it, it's. It,
0: it we should be disturbed by it, and sometimes good art does disturb. That's what it's supposed to do: is to disturb. Well, the Book of Revelation
2: is excellent <laughs> art and extremely disturbing. <laughs>
0: well, and most of your prophecy is, and and, mm-hmm. and it's not pretty. But we, we are moving forward in the movie. Now, I mean, she, her face is totally transformed. Uh, you can still very much tell that it is still Linda Blair. This is not a mannequin they brought in. This is her talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do use the voice of an older radio actress. And uh, her name was Mercedes McCambridge. And uh, she went through some horrendous things to recreate this demonic voice um said it was absolutely grueling the famous uh green pea soup um
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh scene there but uh she would she told oh uh, here's the art you want to say something about this we can come back to mercedes yeah, later
2: it'll, it'll, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see it's coming up it's just, they show it just for an instant here it is yeah What he's holding and they'll show it to you just for an instant This is art that was drawn. Ah. This is art. Yeah. Is that it? (laughs) Um, Some of this art was drawn by somebody who was sexually abused. My wife watched this with me once and she's like, oh, whoever drew that was sexually abused. I'm like, how do you know that? It's like, well, I mean, it wouldn't hold up in court. But, you know, art therapists, people Mm -hmm. who do art therapy, Mm -hmm. they can tell.
0: I've studied a little bit of that. It's amazing how the symbols, uh, and and they're, they're the same a lot of times across cultures uh, it, it's not something isolated mm-hmm. to a single culture, and and I did think the winged lion because it's an Assyrian symbol, and we're right back to Nineveh. And yes. So how does she know this? And.
2: Yep, yep. It's interesting too that the, the spirit, like he's not figuring it out that the spirit has been following him with the altar boy that mm-hmm. you know that the guy he didn't care to help and his mom. <laughs> he's he's like the spirit is the chess master right here. And yes. bringing him in and eventually bringing Father Car- Karras
0: Yeah. Father Marin. Yeah.
2: Because this is Karras. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Marin. Yes. Yeah. This is Yeah.
0: And here's the agnostic mom having to convince the priest that this is a spiritual mm-hmm. issue. And so the fact that the, the roles are totally reversed as to what they should be. Uh, and so often, this is what I'm finding. I'm finding people who are outside the church going, there is something spiritual happening. There's something greater than us. And you know, we've got people who want to go ghost hunting, uh, supernatural. Uh, the TV show is blowing up all over the, you know, the place. Uh, fans were devastated that's it, ended. Um, it, ghost Whisperer. All of these things are coming in to fill this great big giant void that the church has left because we aren't taking the spiritual realm seriously. And
2: yeah, that's absolutely right. That's 100 percent right. And or the churches who do um, don't take the Bible seriously yes okay the churches who do take the spirit realm seriously often are not entirely biblically sound yes um, and,
0: and even if yeah. so even if we can't make you know even if none of us are going to get it completely right we should all be making the effort and maybe yeah, if a, to, yeah maybe if enough of try us to, make, try to find that.
2: <laughs> go ahead no, oh i was sorry. gonna
0: say maybe if enough of us make the effort we can get together and correct each other to get it right <laughs>
2: He he did something earlier. This is, I think, really interesting. He said, "You need to find the best hospital you can find."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, he's projecting because mm-hmm. he did not find the Rest- best hospital. He couldn't afford it. She oh, can afford very it. Very good. She's, a, she's rich. He he is still in his own pain, mm-hmm. trying to minister to somebody. And so often, so often, when you are discussing these issues with somebody, they are bringing their own narrative. Their own worldview, their own experiences. Absolutely. That was Reagan walking around, by the way? But they're bringing mm-hmm. their own experiences to their interpretation, and it—it's like you have conflicting worldviews. His worldview is shattered because of his mom and all the guilt he has mm-hmm. by not taking care of her, and he's just—that's that's his solution. What I should have done, you should be doing. Absolutely. And when we're in ministry, uh, when I would teach people uh, how to do prayer ministry for like healing or something. Mm-hmm. we we would always count. We would tell them, you're not a counselor. You're there to pray. Okay. (laughs) You invite the Holy spirit in, you you do a spirit led prayer. And then afterwards, after you do the spirit led prayer, you may give some suggestions, but you're not the therapist. Right. So if, you know, if you, so keep that in mind, like let's not, it, and you can tell someone when they're trying to teach if you go to someone for prayer and they, they're trying to preach to you through their prayer, that's, I call that a head prayer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as opposed to a spirit led prayer and you can tell the spirit led prayer because it goes right to the heart of the issue oh <laughs> yeah it goes oh, you yeah. know and because uh, God is will direct the prayer as opposed to your head directing the prayer and it, it's it's I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm just talking you know mm-hmm. you just invite the Holy Spirit how do you pray and um God just I, I heard on your yeah go ahead go ahead uh, No, go ahead. well no I heard on um your the 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 preview episode. Where um, uh, Joe mentioned uh, um, the healing in um, Mark mm-hmm. chapter, I can't remember what chapter it is, Mark, Mark chapter 9, where um, the disciples are trying to heal some kid and, of an epileptic seizure. And Jesus identifies it as a spirit. And then Jesus casts it out. And the, and the disciples are like, "Why did? How come we couldn't do it? And that's always been the question, you know, like, Well, do you have enough faith? And, and there's a lot of things going on in that passage. Um, Jesus is, is very disgruntled with his disciples. and <laughs> yes. becoming increasingly dis- disgruntled with them because they're not getting his basic kingdom principles. It's easy for me to say, uh, two thousand years later, but you know, the, the, but he's a little irritated with them. But it's but here's the thing. He he says, "Oh, this spirit comes out through prayer," and then and then and later somebody added in fasting. Mm-hmm. But what's what's interesting is like, oh, so what does that mean exactly? And it's right in the passage, if, if you read it real, real closely, when Jesus comes down, and there's, there's you know, there's, there's people are arguing about, there's arguments going on between uh, the Pharisees and disciples, and there's a bunch of Gentiles, and I think the the father is a Gentile, and the son's a Gentile. And they're, and so Jesus is like, well, what's going on? Well, there's this deaf spirit. No, there's, there's a mute spirit. He has a mute spirit, and how long has he had it? Well, since, you know, since he's been a child, and and so Jesus asks some clarifying questions, and then he sort of pauses, and he says, come out, you mute and deaf spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Who told Jesus that it was a mute and deaf spirit? Because the passage doesn't say that. The dad didn't say it. Right. Nobody said it. They said it they said it was a mute spirit. Who, who told him? Well, the father told him.
0: Mm. I had not picked up I mean, on that's that. Only,
2: <laughs> that's the only answer. I mean, so how did Jesus know? Well, he prayed. He didn't pray against the spirit. He was like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: huh. Well, how come my disciples didn't cast couldn't cast this out? Is it because they, maybe they think they they don't have authority over Gentiles? But no, I've I've healed Gentiles already.
1: Well, hmm. and, and I, Father,
2: what is it? You know, and so Father, the, the God told him directly. Be a little more specific in your prayer, and Jesus cast that sucker out. So, it's spirit led prayer. God will give you the answer how to pray. And if I'm He does I'm not saying you're going to get the results that Jesus had, but right. you know that's that's helpful. And,
0: and if He if He doesn't give you um, a, something specific to pray, that's okay too. And that's oh right. Be right, be yeah. okay with that because you know you don't have to make something up in order to to impress someone. Uh, you know, if you really are obedient to God, then you know if he, God's not talking, God's not talking, and you know mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you're a horrible Christian and you didn't hear anything. Um, it, it just means that maybe God's got other plans and we need to be okay with allowing him to move as he wishes. So, but mm-hmm. no, I, yeah. I 100% with you on the, on the spirit led prayer. Now uh, in the scene prior to this, uh, she was speaking a foreign language. Uh, the the Catholic church, uh, one of the things I do appreciate about them is that they've actually kind of codified the symptoms and uh, different levels. Uh, there's, there's different ways demons m- manifest and, uh, one of the signs, and there's four of them, one of the signs of authentic demon possession is speaking a language you have not studied. And hmm. so, um, yeah, which I think is very interesting because what's the enemy trying to do? He's trying to imitate the gift of tongues. He's trying to imitate yep. Pentecost. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so that that's one of the things that i, I found to be very fascinating. The other one is the, the knowledge of, um, you know, Occult knowledge, which this knowledge is something hidden. Um, that uh, she'd already mm-hmm. demonstrated that because uh, she'd mentioned his dead mother and uh, abnormal human strength. I, I have mm-hmm. seen that one. Let me tell you, that is the creepiest thing I have ever seen. Um, I, some, a little scrawny guy and uh, not very big and able to do things like bow a steel door a two inch wow. steel door. And yeah. so uh, probably weighed 140 pounds, and wet. So yeah, it, it's, it's terrifying. Um, now what she's done here in this, in this past scene, she has faked symptoms
2: uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, reacted. This is why it's confusing to him. Like, well, maybe it's not a spiritual possession.
0: Well, and the demon wouldn't want him to think that it was. And so often that's that he's
2: just playing with them. The spirits playing with them, mm-hmm. and the enemy does is not play fair.
0: No, no, <laughs> and and that was he said the name Marin, mm-hmm. and so uh, and I do think that certain demons um, they're after a certain person. I, I think that's the, yeah. they devote their lifetime to be after. Now that's not scriptural. That's just something that I have seen, um,
2: and. I could well, they be have wrong. assignments, I think. I think they have. Okay. We, I, think, I think another way of saying it is they have assignments. It's probably more. And sometimes people will pray, you know, your assignment's done or I break your assignment or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure we have the authority to do that. It's, it's worth praying it, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I think they, they do. And I think sometimes they follow generational lines. Yes. Fa- families, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if you have a, an ancestor who's maybe made a like a Masonic vow. Mm
1: hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And then broke the vow. Yes, um, that. So those things are. Those things should be sort of dealt with in, in prayer. I mean, they can be dealt with. Um, yeah. Through a detailed prayer. Poor thing. Uh, and it's awful.
0: The the case that this was based on uh, the young man. Uh, actually, there were a few cases that it was based on because Blatty really did his research. Um, but the primary one, he would have. Um, words appear on his body specifically at one point he had lewis and the family took that to mean st louis and yeah. uh that's the reason why he was taken to st louis uh her body is screaming out help me um yeah that's you know it i it just breaks your heart when you when you think about her as a child and that's the other thing too i have a friend who always mm-hmm. said anyone who has a social security number is not your enemy now what she meant by that is the person is not your enemy. Uh and I right. th- think we as Christians need to remember that we we wrestle not with flesh, flesh and blood. Um you know, and people can be irritating, but sometimes that's not the real enemy. It's the the spiritual force behind uh behind them promoting Oh uh,
2: and that is that in the circles we run around in on online, that is a verse that is thrown, on, thrown around all the time. People wrestle <laughs> Against flesh and blood. Well, then why are you mad at the person? Right. Why why, why are you so mad at people? Why are you so angry at? Why are you fighting on Facebook? Why are you? You know, I don't mean you personally, but it's like we've people don't wrestle flesh and blood. You heretic! Like no, stop. It's it's. (laughs) You know, how about trying to have, find some unity in the Bible, find areas where we're, uh, where we're, we where we agree Like, you know, Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. All right. Let's start from there. Right. I, I am stunned at how people, you know, who, who know about the spirit world and how they treat others you, horribly. And mm, ugh, one of the, a little te- bit later, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, go ahead.
0: Uh, me. One, one of the, the temptations, I think for people who are, who are spiritually aware, there, there is almost a high sometimes that can come with, uh, interacting with the spirit realm. And if you are not careful, I mean that, that smug superiority, because Mm -hmm. I'm so high and I'm doing so great. It can really lead you down some bad paths that break relationships. It breaks community. And it should, because you're probably being a jerk in that moment. I know I have been. Um, so it's, I, I see how it happens. It doesn't excuse it, but you know, if you're someone who's spiritually aware, uh, check yourself. I mean, it's just that simple. So... Uh,
2: the the experience is not a substitute for a relationship. No, it's not. Okay. Like my wife and I have a pretty good relationship. We like having good experiences together. <laughs> Sometimes we sit in the room and we don't have experiences together, but we <laughs> still have relationship. Okay. So like, I love it when I feel the Lord move or... But that's not the relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's That's just an experience we're having together and we have to be okay uh, to, you know mm-hmm. to not always go after the high so it's yeah. we we just learned that he had this long exorcism that last months nearly killed him that i'm interested in more about what the other symbols that the catholic kids pe- okay so a lot of our protestant friends and maybe non-believers be like oh catholics you know I can't believe you're taking this seriously. But the Catholic Church has been studying this for like 1,500 years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, I mean, yes, okay, They there's atrocities there's because they acted like humans at times. Right. But nonetheless, I remember in grad school, I was studying a medieval class, a medieval history, and we read about two Catholic priests in Italy who went to go – um, went to go visit uh, do investigation in some village where they were trying to kill witches mm-hmm. killed the little little women who were in the outcast society nobody would take care of them They call them witch and he kill them. okay that's um, you know people were against welfare back then too apparently I, I'm sorry anyway, you so, said
0: but, that and I'm like I had total yeah. deja vu of you saying this exact same thing with that that scene so continue uh, I don't know what that I, has to do with anything
2: <laughs> oh well I, I'm just my point is these two priests, we had a, i had an assumption of how they would act but they actually went in with with their detective work and they concluded these were not witches mm-hmm. you have to leave them alone you need to take care of them yes and so they my so they've been studying no they've been studying this stuff for a long time it's it's interesting to me that's why i like looking at their art you know my website i have a lot of mm-hmm. uh, art from the medieval era uh, because these monks they sit around and some of them could see things some of them couldn't but they they drew a lot of amazing stuff i mean these 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 yeah. are learned people, a lot of them.
0: And and one of the, like you said, this has been going on. They they've had a a kind of systematic checklist that they have been using for a long time. So the, the four signs: the speaking in tongues, uh, unknown tongues, uh, speaking in, um, or sorry, no, having occult knowledge, uh, supernatural strength, and then aversion to holy objects. And so we can talk about you know whether the aversion we we've kind of covered some of that. You know, is it the the object itself or is it what it represents or the faith in, in the object or faith in what it, you know, all of that little, it's the nuance and the fact that it is so mm-hmm. relational. And, um, you know, and whenever I, I listened to, um, Gary Thomas, father, Gary Thomas, uh, he was the, the priest that the movie, the right with Anthony Hopkins was based on. Uh, he has several presentations online and even though he's Catholic, it's like, there's something about him that I go, I think he's somebody I can trust in this arena and he will sit down and he will just go through and look for those open doorways and, and Mm -hmm. work with someone. He sends his patients. uh, There's a mental health professional that um, works with him. He sends them to a physical doctor. He's very sensitive to um, what each person needs. Um, And there's the whole, um, you know, some of the exorcisms, uh, what most people don't realize they're not, always instantaneous uh that they are ongoing and so he's got people he's worked with for years but usually it goes back to uh one person he he worked with uh his a man believed that his the baby that his wife was carrying wasn't his so he started doing witchcraft on the wife to kill the baby and then the wife started doing witchcraft back on him and then when the baby was born guess what he's dealing with and so um you know that's one person he's done exorcisms with For a long time because there's such a level of deep wounding and it's got to go Mm -hmm. hand that healing process and removing the demons uh their their holds on this guy have to go hand in hand and the exorcism that this was this movie was based on uh actually went on for 28 days and wow yeah yeah it was not a one night event and so uh
2: and And i I get frustrated sometimes when people will come up for prayer and they want a 30 second prayer to fix Fix a lifelong issue. Well, and, you know, yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah, and so often they don't want to repent of what opened the door anyway. Uh, That's one of the things that the Catholics uh, that I listened to were very big on is going to confession. Now, we as Protestants, you know, we we confess our sins to God. We confess to each Mm -hmm. other, not necessarily through a priest. But that whole repentance thing where we acknowledge we messed up and we don't want to go back to it. Yeah. you got to start there. <laughs> I mean, that's that's
2: right. a big deal. I remember I, I once was in a this was years ago before I was really had learned a lot about um, how to pray and about spiritual things, but I was starting to learn, and I was in a, a prayer group with some men, and somebody had a word of knowledge about uh, right shoulder pain.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: right, and I had right shoulder pain. I, oh, that's me. I, I, you know. They, oh, okay. And so they they prayed for the right shoulder pain, and it didn't go away. And then they. I said, okay, what's well, it's fine. It's often healing doesn't happen. Not a big deal. Um, and they said, no, no, something else, something else is going on. And instantly, a very painful uh, memory came to my mind from my childhood. Mm. Very horrifying. It involved the door, <laughs> mm-hmm. actually, it involved the doorway, now that I think about it. And I'm not going to go into it, but it, it just came to mind. And, and they said, there's something else that needs to be dealt with before your shoulder gets healed. And I'm like, I don't know that I want to go there. And they said, it's up to you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I said, all right. And so they followed a certain model of praying mm-hmm. for it. And we dealt with that painful memory. Mm. It took an hour. Okay. It took mm-hmm. an hour. And it like It was the end, of the end of the day. We're like, end, end of our, our service. I'm like, okay, five-minute prayer, gone, we're done. <laughs> no, it took an hour. And I mean, it was, it, they took me there. They healed that moment of prayer. prayer. They brought healing to that situation. And then instantly the pain in my shoulder released mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's never been back. And I, and I had had that as long as I could remember. Okay. And it, I was like, Oh my goodness. It, it's, but it was, it, these men were very, you know, it, I had to be vulnerable. Yes. I had a, you know, I didn't know all of them particularly well and they, they guard my, um, I trusted mm-hmm. them to guard my, uh, privacy. And mm-hmm. that was something we teach, right? We do. Anyway, it's, this is interesting too. Uh, the vomiting—we've um, seen that uh, when someone's released by a demon. and yes. uh, She's not in the movie, but that it's just like a ton of vomit comes out.
0: Oh, I, yeah, or, I've been in a situation where uh, the vomiting and the diarrhea simultaneously. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not pretty, and this—that's the thing. This is this movie does well to remind us this is not a glamorous ministry i think so often there's this kind right. of uh, oh wow you deal with demons okay that's the wrong focus the focus should be are you really walking with god and yes we can do that yeah. in whatever ministry we're called to and so you know if your ministry is you know picking up litter on the side of the road you can do that with god and that's not any oh less... yeah that's
2: that's god's kingdom <laughs> yeah it, that's, that's bringing, that's bringing it's uh, yes. No. Gardening. Yeah. It's, it's part of it. <laughs>
0: it. Yeah. It's not any less prestigious than, than doing this. This is just something I mean, movies I, get made about because people don't understand. I know, right.
2: I mean, I work in marketing and I, uh, for my, my real life, in my real life, the job, <laughs> right? Or, but I work in marketing and that is worship. That is an act of worship mm-hmm. that I do. Because I'm doing it for the Lord, not just for my employer, you know, not just for me. It's, and this is, this is, when we say, you know, that's so key is Sunday is not when you go to church. You go to church every day because you are the church.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) You You wake up in the church. (laughs) Yes. And and I think, like you said, we've got that, that separation and that division and we forget that you we really are supposed to be manifesting the fact that we serve a risen king and you know if we act like you know dusting the shelves is done for him guess how well i'm going to dust those shelves uh you know and it does it changes the way i don't know how many times i have been in work situations where people have asked me if i'm the owner and i'm not saying this to brag they ask me that because really it's work situations i hate and I spend the whole time going, doing this for you, Lord. I'm doing this for you, Yeah, mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, God and I have this this wonderful um, relationship where He deals with my attitude, and but it's safe to go to Him with my attitude when it's not safe to go to anybody else. And so uh, now I have. Hey, hey, have you ever seen anyone levitate? I was getting ready to ask you the same thing. I have not.
2: I have not either. I've heard, but I have not yeah. seen it personally.
0: I, I I there's a part of me that would be like. Okay I would really like to be able to check you know check that off the list of crazy things I've seen um, yeah. but at the same time it's like if, I'm fine <laughs>
2: I'm really'm I'm good <laughs> in the in the spiritual in the deliverance things that I've done I it's not so my challenge with this with this model what they're doing the power mm-hmm. of Christ compels you mm-hmm it's, they're going after the demon. Right. And I, I want to minister to the person.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, the person is greatly submerged, obviously. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you you silence the spirit and you minister to the person and mm-hmm. you bring the person into his or her identity. Yes. As God wants, wants you know. To be sometimes we'll we'll be invited in to do a house cleansing or somewhere, and they don't want to become Christians. Like, well, then we're not even going to do it, right? Because the the point isn't to clean your house. If if you don't give your give it all to the Lord, then the spirits will just come back.
1: Exactly, like, it doesn't solve
2: the issue and it doesn't usually solve the worse. Problem. Usually worse. Well,
0: yeah. Well, exactly. Now, okay. So in the Catholic Church, and this is something I learned this week, uh what they're doing here is a major exorcism. lot of the
2: martyrs compels you i, I, I nah. yeah anyway I, I know that's part of the <laughs> language but
0: so. right well they're doing a major exorcism and the reason why it's called a major exorcism is because it is directly addressing the the evil and addressing the demon there's pazuzu again so we see he's mm-hmm. been behind this all along but in addressing satan or demons directly that's a major exorcism what you're talking about uh, and what i prefer to do too i'm with you there uh what, the Catholic church considers a minor exorcism and every, every priest is allowed to do minor exorcisms where they, they pray to God for help and they, they direct the Mm. person back to God and they aren't addressing the demon directly. Only certain Mm. priests within the Catholic church are exorcist. and every Bishop is by the right of office, an exorcist. So just, you know, Hmm. so if you, you know, for those of you who like nerdy stuff um, but this scene bothers me because of what happens it, um, it, it continues to happen. Uh, th- this, kind of, you know, tying her up,
2: uh, mm-hmm. if you, a couple of celibate men tying her up.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure this is the right way to deal with the demonic spirit. I'm not, I don't think that I've never had those situations where I felt like it was necessary to restrain someone. By the way, the real exorcism that this is based on happened mm-hmm. in a hospital and so it was not done in you know in a bedroom with two guys that her parents didn't know it it was uh it was done very well matter of fact the, the the original exorcism was uh with a little boy and um he stayed in the um Alexian hospital and uh I found out the Alexian monks have been around since the bubonic plague, and they actually uh, were ones who who buried the victims of the bubonic plague when nobody else would take care yes. of them. And they were known wow. for taking cases that nobody else would take. And that's the reason why this boy was able to stay there, because nobody else wanted to touch him. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I have to commend that. whether you're Whether you're Catholic or, you know, completely against Catholics, anybody mm-hmm. who's willing to say... I will take the worst cases and the cases nobody else will, will touch. That's Christ-like. I don't care who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. And so yep. and the other issue I have with this is talking to the demons. I, I, I don't ever see how that's ever been beneficial. Uh, I have right. seen demons manifest through people and I've heard them speak through people. Talking mm-hmm. to them, what are they going to tell you? Lies.
2: Well, exactly. And why, why would you believe it? this when I talk to people who want to talk to spirits or see spirits? Like, why? Why would you trust what a spirit says? And you know, he says earlier, "Hey, don't listen." Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard not to listen, and it's you don't address the demon; you address the you know you address the person. And here's yeah, but here's the lie. Unless you're silencing it, because the the, the whole point of the spirit of the of the possession is to degrade that which God loves, mm-hmm. that which what God died for. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. And it's it's to degrade, um. It's it's to overturn the overturn that the kingdom. It, it's to destroy the image of, of exorcism, God. Yeah, exactly. And the whole point of the exorcism is to is to it's the eschatological victory of right. the cross. <laughs> it's the end times victory. It's it's the declaration that the kingdom is here and the kingdom is coming.
1: Yes,
0: yes, and and that's what we should be celebrating. And, and I really do believe that one of the things that we can do as believers is if we keep ourselves focused. You know, we we try to keep that relationship with God as whole and functioning as, as we can with our with what we can do on our end. Because yes you know, God is the one who saves us. God is the one who heals us. We don't do it our own. I, I'm not even insinuating or implying that we do. But in that relationship comes certain ways of manifesting that we are in alignment with him, that our desire is for him. And, um, you know, if we can do that and uh, most of the time we don't have to worry about demons. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't think that, uh, I think people who are scared of demons are more prone to get demons, uh, yeah. at least to be bothered by them. And a lot of people are bothered with them and they really aren't possessed, the demons right. are just harassing you because they know they can get by with it.
2: So, mm-hmm. or feeding off your fear, feeding off your sin, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And it goes back to that shalom, you know, getting getting your heart healed, getting your mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that's sometimes the best spiritual warfare. Like you were saying earlier, it, it is seeing a counselor.
0: Yeah, get that get that, that healing. Therapist. Work through that yep. painful memory um and, and sometimes and then the
2: spirit just goes mm-hmm. you know i i think of uh, it's, it's these these painful memories the sin uh, this trauma done to you mm-hmm. those crates um, and here's an analogy little hooks in the spirit yes. spirit realm little hooks on your body and then the demons glob onto them mm-hmm. so if you can bring healing to those memories healing to the trauma mm-hmm. absolutely and that's not a prayer it's therapy it's mm-hmm. it's among other things okay you bring healing to these things and then the hooks go away and then the demon then the it's the deliverance is easy. There's no place for him to hold on to.
0: And you know, right. right. And I, I tell people, you know, some crazy needs professional management and my crazy is one of those crazies. And so, uh, you know, I, I've been open with the fact that I'm bipolar and, I'm always checking in with people I trust. Okay, is this a bipolar episode that I'm feeling this? Am I picking something up on the, in the spiritual realm? Um, am I just having a bad day? And so I, I don't live in fear of what the spirit realm might be impacting me with. I just kind of go through this little checklist and, and I manage. Yeah.
2: is it this? Is it mm-hmm. that? Is it the other? It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you just, you bring... You know, it, so like with my daughter, sometimes she'll have, she'll say, I have a spirit of fear. I'm like, is it really fear? Or is it because you ate junk food all day <laughs> and your body is completely out of whack? I mean, I'm serious. Or is it because you just watched a really bad movie? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm some, I mean, the solution in some of those cases is we'll, we'll play some worship music while she's trying to go to bed and we'll pray or maybe I'll snuggle her mm-hmm. or, but it's like tomorrow you're going to have to eat better. Right. Okay. Or, or maybe it's maybe, no, I ate great today. Okay. Well, well, yeah. How's your sleep? How's your health? How's it? Oh, no. So you kind of work through it. No, actually, it is a spirit. Okay. This is... So we are very complex beings, and it's not a simple solution necessarily. Yeah. To... And
0: when God... And that's
2: okay. It's not a simple solution. That's part of the walk of faith. That's part of walking with the Lord because he wants us nothing broken, nothing... What was it?
0: Nothing broken, nothing missing. Yeah. I love that. Me too. I was one of the first things to learn at seminary. I paid a lot of money to learn that. (laughs) It was worth it all. And I do want to point out, too, uh, the father Marin has gone in alone by the way. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Never, never, <laughs> never. Even like the most highly trained exorcist out there will not do this. Um, they
2: always, and, and older men ministering to a young woman, never do it by yourself.
0: Oh, because even if nothing happens, there's going to be rumor something happened. Yep. Uh, and so avoid the appearance of evil. And, Mm-hmm. The, most exorcists not only will they have a, a doctor and a mental health professional that they will deal with they will also have a, a prayer team that is with them full time during the whole thing and yeah. so th- and that was one of the really cool things about the case that this is based on uh part of the prayer team was a chronicler uh or part of the exorcism team was a chronicler who wrote down everything that happened and that's why it's so uh well documented that bladdy could base a novel on it
2: so mm-hmm. uh, that's neat
0: yeah it, it really it, it i was kind of shocked and fortunately the young man who it happened to he's not young anymore he's in his 80s uh mm-hmm. he uh he was very um uh, fortunate in that he doesn't remember any of it and wow. so uh now this is the the other big no-no um you obviously you don't want to beat somebody up if you're ever in this kind of deliverance ministry. That yeah, d-
2: but more the male abuse against this poor woman's body. Uh,
0: oh, absolutely. And then and you know she has to pull the the medal off that the Saint Joseph medal. Yeah. He has one, um, and he says, "Take me," and the demon jumps into him. Okay, never ever should you invite a demon to take you in place of someone, even someone you love. Jesus already took all of that on for us. He's defeated it all. The price has been paid. We don't have to do that. And I'm so glad that the movie did not present that as a victory strategy. And so, um, um, you know, this is where Karis made the mistake. He was not the Messiah. He never was supposed to be the Messiah. And that's what tripped him up. Because yeah, when he couldn't you know couldn't save his mom, so then that's when his faith started to fall apart. Because he
2: as a as a metaphor, it's just kind of what Jesus did. He mm-hmm. took the sin. I was thinking about this as an analogy. If and this is not what the writer's doing, but that's okay. Right. I can <laughs> I can engage the story how I want to engage it. All right. Right. Um, if Reagan is the nation of Israel. Okay. And uh, Father. Karis is is God okay and so Reagan or uh, Israel follows other gods mm-hmm. and eventually God comes in the form of a human takes all that sin onto himself mm-hmm. the worship of false gods, the worship of uh, the sexual sin, all, all the stuff that was going on and takes it on himself and then dies killing the sin and then giving new life to Israel.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. I, I, and I think, and I think, yes, it works as a metaphor. Uh, I, I think that's the mistake that that every, um, well, that we see with Karis is that he forgets he's not God in that moment. And I want to point yeah. out, too, that the priest that was giving Karis the last rites was not an actor. Mm-hmm. He was the priest who was there to help with the the soundstage and the sets and everything, uh, and to to kind of give them some spiritual guidance. Uh,
2: so it's it's a beautiful scene him giving him the last rites, you know, as he dies or if he's dead.
0: Yeah, uh, he was not doing it correctly, and Friedkin got upset after like the nineteenth take, and mm. uh smacked him in because the face because he couldn't really do it correctly, right? Right. Right. He well, he wasn't well. He wasn't an actor, so he didn't know how to to act it out. So oh. I don't know if, about the rights themselves. Uh, that you okay. have to ask a Catholic. But yeah, freakin' yeah, smacked him in the face to get that kind of intensity. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, and but and, and this is not uncommon for people who've had spiritual experiences in a house. It's like just pack it all up. We're leaving. We're gone. Yep. So, would you ever yeah. buy yeah. a house where you knew something like this happened?
2: Um, yeah, I would. I'd go in and I'd, I'd clean that sucker out to clear it for the kingdom. No problem. Yeah. Well, there may be a problem, but I would. I would. I, I just. Yes. I would.
0: Yeah. I. We actually we're house hunting right now, and um, there was a house that we recently looked at, and as we pulled up, I'm like, mm, No, the person in there is doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. And I mean, it's like <laughs> I knew yeah. it before we got in the house, and you know, my husband wanted to look at it, and so I just you kind of kept my mouth shut and, and went through and. And it was interesting, he told me after we got he goes, I felt like I was gonna fall through the floor in some places. And I'm like Wow that okay, Lord took care of it and so That's enough. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amy did a um she she had a situation where um some people who were doing ghost hunting, they're mm-hmm. so here I think Reagan indicates that she remembers.
0: She yeah. now how much does she remember? That that's the question. It's hard to know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think they should have ministered to her being potentially raped uh-huh. or at least molested, but they never got to that. Yeah. And what upsets me too is the whole family needs to convert. They need to convert. Yes, and and that they need to get in faith.
1: That
0: is a, exactly what happened in the real life case.
2: Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: And so,
1: uh, you know. Well,
2: anyway, Amy did a. The, the house cleaners went in. They stirred up some spirits, and so the the lead um, knew Amy and invited her over to help because the spirit was manifesting on the the person who lived there mm-hmm. and uh, amy grabbed uh, one or two others and oh no just one other and they went and that's what the one of them was a seer and she's like no oh, this house just sum up with this house mm-hmm. and it turns out that the uh the male the the male head of the household no they were not married uh had when he was in the army in iraq had done animal sacrifices
0: oh no no that's a big door we don't open that one ever
2: no mm-hmm. they don't and uh Long story short, you know, she was delivered of that, returned to her Catholicism. He left his belief system. He became a Christian, you know, eventually. Mm-hmm. So, and then they broke up. But I well, don't know what happened after that. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, you got to, you know, take these negative experiences and use it as a the father calling you into faith.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I have found. Most people who've had these kinds of intense uh, encounters with the demonic, uh, they do tend to be Christians after this. Uh, God does not waste that experience. So when people ask me, oh, well, why does this happen? Usually God's got a game plan and he's going to redeem the situation. I don't think he necessarily enjoys the situation, but I don't think he interferes with our free will to choose to be in that situation. And um unfortunately sometimes parents choose on behalf of kids like we saw here in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um but what I found to be very interesting with this movie is right after this movie released, man, people started flocking back to church. And this mm-hmm. everybody hated this movie. Who was a Christian? Billy Graham said the the devil was on every frame. Um uh, So they said it was a horrible movie, but suddenly what this movie that I think maybe the enemy meant for evil, what it did was remind people there is a real enemy and we need real protection. And uh, it actually, that was part of what prompted some of the changes we saw in the Catholic church where there'd been no changes to how exorcism was dealt with since the 1600s. And that's when they, they started putting it into play. Um, We need to start looking at medical Uh, solutions and psychiatric solutions Mm -hmm. and if we Mm -hmm. don't bring those together we're being negligent and in 2004 i believe it was the vatican actually said that every diocese needs to have access to an exorcist and so you know that never would have happened without this movie bringing those things to the forefront
2: so it, that's that's kind of amazing, really.
1: It it,
0: it really, I mean, it's it's crazy to me. This is how
2: powerful movies are. This is why I, you know I love your podcast. <laughs> but this is how powerful movies are. I mean, they they are culture shaping.
0: Oh, absolutely, A- absolutely. And I, I think anyone who doesn't realize that it it, it needs to go out and, and think about how many catchphrases we have that originated in movies, and people uh-huh. are people are getting more theology from their movies. Than the church absolutely. a lot of times, which is yes they are, which is why I think we need so many um we need better Christian movies guys, let's just be honest we need better Christian movies than what is typically out there. Um, if you mm-hmm. need a palate cleanser after this, uh, we are not associated with these folks in any way, but The Chosen, um, mm-hmm. absolutely I know you're a fan, Doug. Uh, I I I love that. I, I can't wait for season two
2: and the chosen is amazing in fact that is a good idea because i was thinking you need to go pray to the house again after (laughs) this movie or you know is is it because there's something in the house i don't know but you know just watching it and of course having it on mute was helpful very much so (laughs) These these images, ugh. but yeah, maybe okay, Amy was going to want to watch something later, and <laughs> it's like, hey, let's watch the Chosen, you know?
0: Just something to to bring us back around. And I, what I love, I think my favorite thing about that show, uh, which is a series, uh, several people have not realized it's a series. It's I, I love the way the Prince present Jesus without degrading the fact that he's God, but present him mm-hmm. as human and having mm-hmm. human reactions. I mean, like there's one scene where he's washing his feet and I'm just like, I love that. Or, you know, bedding down in a tent and, and the things that he would have had to do every day. Like, Lighting a
2: fire. Yeah. yeah. Lighting a fire.
1: It, yeah.
0: Can you imagine? I, I mean, you know, you know how much fun it is when you go camping with people you really like and sitting around a campfire mm-hmm. and talking. Can you imagine doing that with Jesus? Uh, so.
1: <laughs> I mean...
2: Well, I love how it's portrayal of how he, of, of, uh... How he interacted with women. The women who were oh, um, outcasts. Absolutely. And it's just, it, it, it just slept off. These stories left off the Bible, left <laughs> off the page of the bible you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's like this is how it looked probably you know is amazing
0: uh, yeah uh, i love the fact that they actually include that mary magdalene is like traveling with him uh and yes. so so often you know it we get this portrayal of jesus and 12 guys you know and that's it And it's like no the women were with him too and he didn't leave mm-hmm. them behind and so, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Doug, I think you and I are like one of the few people who can sit down and watch um, something like The Exorcist. And we end up talking about how great The Chosen is.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, and the very first episode of The Chosen is, is an exorcism, actually. Hey, there you go. And he, he calls her by name. And it's, it's a great, uh, you know, I enjoyed I en- The Exorcist is a great is a great film. It's a <laughs> it's a horrifying film. And it should be. And I can't. Yeah, it is. It is, it is obviously a classic horror movie. It's just very well put together. It far exceeds in quality, you know. Many, you know, mm-hmm. the whole field practically. And there's other obviously horror movies that are good. But. Well,
0: and there, it's all practical effects. There's no CGI. So the for its day yeah. and time, it was very ahead. And I, I do want to point out because I mentioned earlier, and I never returned to it. Uh, what I love about what Jesus does with demons is he mm-hmm. doesn't do an exorcism. And I, I learned this in seminary that Jesus cast demons out, but he'd never, he never he never performed a ritual. He never went right. through the steps. And that's what made it so shocking that he was having success because all of the other Jewish exorcists, and there were many, by the way, they, Jesus mm-hmm. wasn't the only one doing this. They had to go through all of these rituals and these steps and this whole process. They didn't well, have the it, authority to just say. Some of gone. the psalms
2: were used uh-huh. in exorcisms. Uh, psalms, but, but it wasn't just the Jews who did it. The Canaanites, um, they mm-hmm. used rituals mm-hmm. and they had these like formulas and they had uh, there's yes. exorcism te- texts mm-hmm. for uh, all throughout the ancient uh, Near East. Every culture, and, you know, every yeah. culture. In, in in but not Jesus, he just said go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And that's what made him so controversial. And, and you know, that's that's what I find to be so amazing is that he does demonstrate his power and authority by the fact that he can just say leave, and you, you they have to obey. And you know, and like we kind of mentioned it before, people who are aware of the spiritual realm sometimes they can get kind of uppity. And again, speaking from my own personal experience, and can you imagine how just hacked off they felt whenever who is this upstart who is this guy why is he getting to do this and you know i've put in years perfecting this ritual so uh yeah yeah, it it it, it, well the
2: early christians too were known uh for this um Mm -hmm. there was a uh, there's a book called like the greatest nearly the greatest i can't remember but I'll I'll email it to you you can put it in the okay. in the show notes. Just a blank. It was written by a former Catholic priest and uh, he he has a, he he's passed away now but had a ministry of uh, healing and and deliverance and he um wrote a book about how the church nearly killed the ministry of healing and in it he talks about how after the first uh, three centuries, healing was quite common. It, it declined, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in it, in the very first century, there's a, a letter written by um, a Christian slave to like the governor, I think, of the the Roman governor, and and the Christian is complaining. He's like, "Look, we heal your sick, we cast out your demons, and you still persecute us." Mm. Like it, it kind of says that, and like that's what they're known for. <laughs> they'd be persecuting the Christians, and oh, a demon manifests in, in the household. Go get a Christian. He'll cast it out. You know, and because they were so successful as opposed to like a a Greek exorcist or a Roman exorcist. They go grab the local Christian. Like, (laughs) well, we'll come and do that because that's what we're supposed to do. You know, God's Mm -hmm. kingdom on earth and all that. But would you please stop persecuting us? (laughs) It's kind of amusing and and retrospect. um, It wouldn't be amusing. Right. A person. Going through it, the but. fact
0: that we're not living through it makes yeah no. but it's
2: Fran- Francis McNutt is the author. I, I was going to
0: ask. Yes, actually, I've read. I, I haven't read that particular book, but uh, he was actually part of my assigned reading, uh, and I remember him actually saying that a huge number of healings during the early church were uh, actually during communion. Uh, so
2: oh, uh, isn't that
0: awesome? He he's got uh, another great uh, author and and somebody who's trustworthy with their sources. Uh, I need to actually be. I, what the problem is, my McNutt boots are, are packed up. So, pray that I get a house soon so that I can unpack all my good resources. Uh, so, but
2: you got it. I'm but, praying that. Yeah.
0: No, we're, um, I, we always enjoy having you with us, Doug. Doug, remind our listeners where they can find you and so they can just keep going with this great kind of thoughts about the spiritual realm.
2: So, my website is searsc.com. Seersc.com. And the best way to find me is just there. I'm, I'm. I've taken a hiatus off social, off Facebook anyway, and Twitter, um, and until the Lord says it's okay to go back on. And I have a book called Peace in Your House: Spiritual Cleansing of Life and Land. Uh, I wrote that book because people would often write me and ask for a ritual to cleanse their house, mm-hmm. a prayer. Give me the prayer to cleanse their house. And I thought, man, it's not a prayer; it's a person. And and the book just sort of grew into. Forming a, a biblical worldview. And basically the first half of the book is a how to repent. Good. <laughs> how yeah. to repent of your life and follow <laughs> Jesus. And then, you know, then we talk about some concepts. And then there's like the last chapter, there's some prayers. But if you get the repentance part right, chances are you don't even need the prayers. Right. Okay. Because um, the enemy will flee as you repent of, repent of how you think about the world and pursue the kingdom um, in thought and deed.
1: It's
0: just amazing how how God is faithful in those ways. So yep. we can- I mean, the
2: holiness it matters. I mean, it, all this it's it's good. I mean, pursuing Jesus and living a, a life without sin is is what we're called to do. It, it's
0: transformative. And That's what love should be. It is. I, yes. And yes. So. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is dark thirty here, and I haven't eaten, so we're going to call it quits. Not because I want to quit this conversation. Uh, I always enjoy talking to Doug, but uh, I've been Emily Dixon with the Commentarians. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Facebook at the Commentarians. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Commentarians, same handle. And so we look forward to uh, seeing you around, and you know, let us know maybe what movie you want to watch, want us to watch and talk about next time. Uh, we might get Doug back. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to keep coming back. So
2: <laughs> I love it. Thanks for the invitation, seriously. Oh,
0: absolutely a, a joy, always. So everybody have a good evening. Bye.
2: You've been listening to The Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard,
0: please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon
2: page at patreon.com slash commentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us.
1: We love sharing them with you.